Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get nasty on a Friday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. I hope I'm on. Doesn't sound like I'm on. Here, Anthony, I, speak I into I'm my on. mic. Check, check. Oh, yeah, you sound better. Anthony, do you want to take this microphone? I can take that. Well, one. either way, it's the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers. Anthony's having problems with his headphones. I, I think I'm good. Doty, Doty our engineer, saying that, uh, that I'm on. So, hey, text in if I'm not, I guess. But. It certainly sounds like you're not on. Anthony, give this one a spin. Okay. Yeah, Anthony, why don't we, you know what? Our start right now is about as good as the Blues last night. You make a too. great point. Uh, not great. Jack, Jack. There we go. Hey. Welcome there to we the party. Welcome to the party. I mean, let's get nasty, right? We did. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was nasty. I mean, I felt, I felt good about the nastiness. Yeah, I mean, like everybody was into yeah. it at least here. Sometimes you Absolutely. can feel like it's nasty, but it's not nasty enough. It's not nasty enough. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so bear with us. We are we are live here at the River City Hotel and Casino. We're right, right uh, opposite of the event center. And tonight's a big night, Jamie, in, in, in an event that you are going to be hosting later on with our guy Reed Lowe and Cam Jansen's going to be here and Tony Twist is going to be here. Yes. Uh, it, should, it should be a great night, and it all goes for the Blues Warrior Hockey. Yes, their first gala that they're having, they've put this team together. Actually, they have several teams that play um, under their St. Louis, Louis Warriors uh, banner, we'll yeah. call it. And uh, they're having their first big awards thing. Should be awesome. Going to be a lot of people here dressed up, having a good time. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a, a sit-down with myself, Tony Twist, Reed Lowe, Cam Jansen. We're going to talk to those guys about fighting in the NHL and some good stories. And I've got stories on all of those guys. I'm sure you so do. So it, uh, it should be a real fun night. We're going to have uh, a lot of good fun. The, the, the thing is, you, you say that you've got a lot of stories on them, yeah. which I'm sure you do. They also have, I'm sure, a bunch of stories on you as well. Yeah, but here's the difference, Anthony, and you know this of me to be true. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Tell any story you want. Go for Tell it. Tell a story where I was butt naked in a bar dancing because yeah. it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. The bar was called Shakey's. And, uh, the, and you did. And they t put a song on to where I usually did a – a strip tease after games. It was kind of a fun locker room thing. Sure. So the boys had the DJ put the song on, mm. and uh, they were like, well, what are you going to do? I said, okay, step out of the way. And I, uh, yeah, bared my soul that night at yeah, Shakey's. Yeah, you did. Well, good man. Yeah, so you're right. And the truth will set you free. So just go ahead and speak the truth, Jamie. Yeah. If somebody brings something up, you're like, yeah, I was there. I don't remember that specifically, but I'm sure somebody did that night. I Just guarantee I've told almost every story in some shape or form, whether it was podcast, radio, uh, interview, or yeah. whether you're just sitting at the bar with me. So 
It'll be fun. I can't wait. Honestly, it's going to be a great time. We're also going to talk to, eventually, we're going to have Keith Kachuk on. And it was a huge night last night for the 2024 class of the Blues Hall of Fame. So, Pavel Dimitra, Mike Liu, and Keith Kachuk. Yes. All announced as the 2024 class of the Blues Hall of Fame. So, that that aspect was uh, was very special last night as, as those three were, uh, you know, inducted into that into that class so fantastic we are going to talk to walt big walt coming up whether that's at uh, 2 15 or at some point in the two o'clock hour looking forward to that but we do got to get into last night's game so ah, we're good mm. let's talk about the hall of fame no, class jamie again. i'd like to uh mm. like to dive into last night uh you and i you're right anthony last night was great when they had the announcement in the first period you know quality st louis blues people from the past and uh <clears throat> yeah i think we should spend a lot of time talking about that today Jamie, what what <laughs> happened on the ice? Mm. Well, wait, what do you, what's wrong? What what do you think went wrong last night? No, okay, all jokes aside, it wasn't pretty, <clears throat> which is why I've uh, been avoiding it here for a little record amount of time. But uh, yeah, no, it, the start was okay. I felt like the Coyotes just had a very um, specific game plan, and the game plan was to just get the puck into the blue zone as often as possible and as quick as possible. And they did. They stretched out passes. Transition was great. And they weren't looking to make many plays off the start. They're back in the blues off. I told you yesterday in the show, I said it's a big difference when you make those defensemen turn and go get the pucks all night long, like Lionel yep. Richie said. Yep. They just keep going, keep going. And we didn't do that. They did. So the blues defense early in that game were going back to retrieve pucks the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then when you start cheating or you're starting to get tired a little bit, that's when you can get creative on the offensive side, and the Coyotes did. And the Blues just didn't possess the puck. Like, for, for the game plan to have been, well, let's get the puck down low, below the dots, and let's go to work down there. Mm-hmm. And it happened, like, twice in the game where they had extended periods of time in the offensive zone. Apart from that, they did not. Yeah. So I I don't know. We chalked did- that one up to just a, a – Poor execution and, and a, just a bad game. Sorry, Jamie, for forgetting y'all. It, it almost it almost looked like as I'm watching this unfolds, and you you had the you know you had the seat, nice seat for you last night too. You had the you see had the suntan. Uh, <laughs> Did suntan. you see that? The they, bed there. <laughs> so they you used a nice to, tan today. <laughs> they used to um, use the in-house like spotlight thing. Yeah. But now they do different things for when the players are coming on the ice and whatnot. And so they installed these these neon lights on the side led lights yeah and so my job when i get in there before the games i gotta turn these bad boys on i turned it on i was like oh my god i'm in a tanning booth (laughs) (laughs) i'm like these guys these players are going to come out look over at me and absolutely just obliterate me for looking this way but it was fun you know the the valley's crew do a great job of making sure that the product is um you know exactly the way it should be absolutely but yeah i had a good viewpoint from down there well what i was going to say was watching it unfold it it basically take Jamie's keys to victory, mm. and and it's almost like the Coyotes used them and yeah. not the Blues. You know, <laughs> when you're talking about possess the puck, puck control, all of that, make them make the defense work, make them play defense. I mean, basically every single key that you had for the Blues to victory last night, the Coyotes go, oh okay, that sounds good for us too. And they executed it, and I don't mean to be flippant, but that w- when I'm when I'm watching it and I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, this was all Jamie's keys. It's just unfortunately it got used against the Blues. 
Yeah, you know, you're 100% right. And there's a, a, a amazing woman down at Enterprise. Her name's Diane. She works down below. And she was listening to the show, and she was brought up the keys to the game. And mm-hmm. she also had an opinion about, hmm, maybe they should be listening to the keys to the game. <laughs> but, look, in fairness to the guys here, it is game three. And it, it's not a perfect product yet by any means. And the, the few days that they had off, people would think that, oh, that's great. They got to rest. It's really not. It's not ideal. It's better to have you know consistent games that you're playing every other night so you can iron out some of these things. Yeah. But, yeah, you're not wrong, Anthony. The game plan got flipped on its head. And what happened last night was something that I had brought up to you guys um, a while back is my concern about the defensive zone coverage. Yeah. My concern is not that they're going to give up quality chances, but what we saw last night for the very first time was an adventurous defensive core for the opposition. And all I mean by that is they were down low all night. Matt Dumba, all these other guys were just vacating their spot on the blue line and heading down low. And I, this has always been a, an issue with the kind of defensive zone coverage that the Blues are playing right now because once a guy leaves his quadrant, that's your guy, right? Once he leaves, who's, who's got him now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you leave your area to go with that player, what you do then as the offense is you backfill that with another player. So now you have a player in an area that there's nobody covering him. Mm-hmm. So you have to make an adjustment. You have to have communication. You have to hand off players. As they come through your area, there has to be a handoff of players. Well, that didn't happen at times last night. And it got really squirrely when these Coyotes defensemen were rotating up top with the forwards because then the Blues forwards were looking, you know, going up into the area. And then their guy was way too high. And the other guy was now down low. So who has who? And you saw a little bit of that struggle to communicate and adjust. And the Coyotes managed to zip some pucks through the, the, the middle of the ice and yep. get some scoring opportunities. So I'm anxious to see how Coach Berube and the staff adjust with that. He said they had a great video session today, so I guarantee that they highlighted some of those things. Because I can tell you this, that if the Coyotes defensemen figured it out, what do you think it's going to look like when you have Latang and Carlson in here on yeah, Saturday got, night with the, the Penguins? Yep, you got or the Kale McCarr when the Avalanche come to town. He's going to be down behind your net. You're not going to what the hell to do. Yeah. So the adjustments have to be made, and I'm sure they are. I'm not the only person that saw it. Those guys are trained. They're the, they're the coaching staff. They saw it. The players know it. So, you know, make adjustments. But this is what's going to happen. So the original question, you know, what happened? Well, this is all the little things that happen mm-hmm. at the beginning of a hockey season. I think for me, and you mentioned it, having that time off, I just felt like the intensity wasn't there. Losing, you know, board battles. It seemed like every time they did get the puck, instead of trying to possess and make a play, they would just throw the puck up the wall. No one was there at the wall, and then the Coyotes would keep the puck in the defensive zone, their offensive zone, and it just seemed like they would get more scoring chances than than what necessarily needed to be had. So I think, like you said, you look at the tape, it's really early in the season. I think they can clean some things up. And honestly, it's probably a good thing that they had a game like this to see what went wrong and how they can fix it moving forward. Well, you always learn, I don't care what sport it is, Marsh, to your point, you always learn more from losses than you do from wins. For sure. You know, I mean, sometimes when you get a win, not all wins are created equal, not all losses are created equal. And you don't want to minimize the wins because they're, they're difficult to get at, at any professional level. But you do. You learn more from the losses. And to your guys' point, when you say, okay, last night, the way that the Coyotes attacked us, 
they spotted some weaknesses in our in our defensive system. So you learn from them. You make the adjustments like Jamie was talking about, and you move forward. And you make sure you clean it up because Pittsburgh's a better team. And I don't think it helps that the Blues, in my opinion, took way too many penalties last night. Sure. They capitalized on the power play. That was something that the Blues have been good at so far this year. And they took advantage of the Blues on the uh, on the man advantage. And ultimately, that, that, that proved to be the difference in the game. No doubt. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN 213. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We're at uh, the River City Casino and Hotel right across from the event center. We got the Blues Gala event tonight uh, that goes to the to, to support Warriors Blues Warriors hockey. So should be a fun night, dinner, drinks, event, all kinds of stuff. Jamie's going to be hosting it. A lot of uh, former Blues are going to be there. Tonight, at some point, we are going to talk to Keith Kachuk. It, it might be coming up next. It might be at some point in the two o'clock hour. If we don't talk to Big Walt, Big Walt's waiting by the phone. Well, let's talk to Big Walt then. Oh, yeah. Congratulate waiting. him on uh, his the announcement last night that he's going to be inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame class. So we'll talk to Big Walt about that and uh, maybe check in on. He's got a couple of kids that play professionally, right? Yeah, they're, they're pretty good, too. Pretty good. Okay, we'll yeah. ask him about that, too. Next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed you can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. We are broadcasting live at River City Casino and Hotel across from the event center where tonight we're going to have the Blues Gala event. It's going to go to host the uh, uh, support the Blues Warrior Hockey Foundation. It's going to be great. It's going to be a fun event. Last night, the 2024 class of the Blues Hall of Fame was announced. Pavel Dimitra, Mike Liute, and Keith Kachuk. And we're uh, referencing Keith Kachuk right now. Hopefully we'll get Big Walt on. At, yeah, Big Walt probably too. took a nap. You know, he <laughs> likes to have that afternoon nap. Yeah. He likes to relax. I mean, hell, he's a Blues Hall of Famer now. I mean, we're just bugging him. That's all. Jamie, when you think of these three guys... If you want to do it individually, fantastic. If you if you if you see a common theme, even better. But when you think of Pavel Pavel Dimitra, Mike Liut, and Keith Kachuk, what comes to mind? Well, these are guys that represent the Blue Note in different eras, right? So when when you think of eras of hockey and Blues hockey, there are certain people that um, you think of. And so when you think of mid to late '90s, Pavel Dimitra for sure, and early 2000s. Okay, but Pavel Dimitra for sure. He was, you know, one of the guys. On, he was one of the top scorers for the team at the time. I remember when Pavel came to us from the Ottawa Senators. It was a trade we we sent Krister Olson 
to the Ottawa Senators, and Pavel Dimitri was playing in PEI, in Prince Edward Island, in the minors for the Senators team. And we got Pavel, and he came right up to the big club. It's Larry Plo knew immediately, he's like, this is a guy that can play. Mm -hmm. And he did. He played well. He was a dynamic goal scorer. He wasn't a big guy. He was really strong on his skates, had a great shot, great vision for the ice. He was a fun dude, too. Pavel and I had some fun times over the course of, time, of the years. He liked to go out and have a good time. Um, I remember that... Uh, he and I both bought Corvettes at the exact same time. We thought that was really cool. <laughs> I don't know why, but we did. <laughs> what was the color? Uh, he bought a black one. I got a silver one. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. But, you know, Pavel was, is such a – he loved to win games, and he loved to score goals. Like, he would sit there before the game, and it, was, oh, it made me laugh so much. And he would yell at himself. He would be cursing at himself in Slovakian. And just like, then he'd like slap himself in the face. And I'm like, dude, take a day off, man. Yeah. You need to be easier on yourself. <laughs> but that was his way of, you know, getting motivated, sure. getting going. Um, so that, you know, that's Pavel. And obviously for, for those who don't know, Pavel was playing over in Russia um, for Yaroslav. And there was the plane crashed. And mm -hmm. almost, I believe almost everyone died in that crash. And Pavel was one of them. So we lost him way too soon, which is unfortunate. But... The great thing about this year's Hall of Fame class is that Pavel Dimitra and Keith Kachuk were like best friends. And they played on the same line together, but then off the ice they were best friends too. And so that connection makes this special. But then, you know, if you, if you broaden it out a little bit, I mean, Keith Kachuk, I mean, he was the franchise. When, we, when they got him from the Phoenix Coyotes at the time, you know, they paid a hefty price for him, and, and Big Walt came in and did not disappoint. Mm -hmm. He was... He's everything his kids were. You know, so if you watch Matthew and Brady play, they are replicas of the way their dad played. Now, their, their dad, Walt, played in a more vicious era. So you'd understand that he himself had to be a little more you know, physical at times. Sure. You, you go back and look at some Keith Kachuk highlights. He would just absolutely pummel somebody, but then the next shift go out and like st you know, dangle through the guy's legs and put it top shelf. Yeah, that, he had that uh, the toughness and, and the skill. It, just like his boys. Yeah. It's crazy. The way they play is like, it, it's wild. Because today, in today's game, they're unicorns. Mm -hmm. In, you know, Walt's day, it was just power forward. <laughs> he was one of many. You yeah. know, you had Cam Neely, you had Rick Tockett, Kevin Stevens, Keith Kachuk. Like, you had guys that could, you know, beat you any way they wanted to. But Big Walt, not only was he a great player, what he did for the locker room while he was here and I had the opportunity to play against Keith and with Keith. Uh, fierce competitor when you play against him. Fierce competitor when you play with him. He expected a lot out of his teammates. He was a lot like Brett Hull in some ways where if you didn't play well or you didn't do your job, you're going to hear about it. Yeah. Wasn't afraid to call a guy out. It was never anything personal. Uh, but he also, in return, wasn't afraid to be called out by guys. So very much a character guy when he was here as well as a really great player. And Mike Liute, I mean... His resume speaks for itself. Yeah. He's, you know, the most wins in franchise history, one of the best Blues goaltenders ever. And you couldn't think of the St. Louis Blues at that time without thinking of Mike Liute. He was a big, tall goalie, and he had that white mask, <laughs> which was awesome. You know, just like the bird cage or the bird beak, whatever yeah. he calls it. And so, and he was, you know, for a big guy, he was very mobile in the net, made a lot of saves. So I always find it really fun with these things to have different eras represented. Sure. 
And I think we did that perfectly with this group. You brought up Big Walt, and um, we've talked about it before, but players adapting as they move throughout their career. And, like, my version of, of Keith Kachuk is not the, the, the dangling and whatnot. It's him being right there in front of the net, net presence, and just banging home rebounds. Like, that was my version growing up of, of Keith Kachuk. So, yeah. like I said, you know, we, we, we look at some of the best players – that come through the league, they, they know how to adapt. It doesn't matter what age they are. They learn how to adapt and stay in the league, and I feel like he was one of those players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he was, he was like, ferocious, too. Like, in front of the net, you thought that – because back then, the defensemen, we could kind of have our way with the mm -hmm. players. I always tell people, I tell my kids, I tell whoever, I, mean, I used to break two sticks a game on Keith Kachuk. <laughs> just slashing them and cross-checking them. And, you know, the, the, he wouldn't move. He just wouldn't move. And then, but you had to be careful because if he had the chance to give it back to you, like he was. Mm -hmm. He was. And he was a big, strong guy. You know, played a pretty honest game. You know, don't cheap shot me and I won't cheap shot you type sure. thing. But, uh, yeah, in front of the net, that's where he made a lot of his, his money right there. And his kids, again, mm -hmm. it's hilarious to watch them play, specifically Brady in the way he stands in front of the net. Matthew will go to the net, and he has both of the players have exceptional deflection skills. They work on it nonstop. Like, they'll have me shoot 50 pucks, and they deflect it from every single angle possible, in the air, on the ice. They'll say, just shoot it anywhere you want. Yeah. So, so you know, you mix it up. I'll fire a laser right along the ice. They'll sure. deflect it. I'll fire one that's waist high. They deflect it. Walt was the same way. That, Great at getting sticks on pucks. That's the stuff I love. I love just a great player or great players that spend such attention to detail because they know that could be the difference to winning a huge game, winning a cup, just small little th They're not just working on the things they should be working on. They think broad, broads in broad strokes. You know, like it's like Nolan Arenado working on the, the bad hops yep. at third base, working on it. We heard Matt Holliday, one time I asked him, what's the difference? And he said he's, he is out there every single day working on the, those big plays, not just the routine. He's not just getting in the, the routine work. He's going to take, take it for all angles, and that's what you're talking about with the Kachucks too. Well, that's what they ask. So for those who don't know, I do some skill work in the summers with both Brady and Matthew, mm -hmm. and their ask of me every summer is in tight. What, what can we do in tight? Because, you know, skating, the edge work, stick handling, like they do all their own thing for that. Where they need is that slight edge where they can separate themselves from other players. Mm -hmm. And it's all that deflection work. It's rebound work. It's you know, just in tight, in tight. And it's amazing how many things present themselves. So I'm sure everybody has seen, it, if not yet, you can YouTube it, Matthew Kachuk scoring, you know, by putting the puck with his stick between his legs and flipping it to the far side. Yeah. And he works on that. Like, he'll come across, and in motion, he'll receive a pass, boom, up through the legs. We'll work on down low where we pass it, like, on a power play where he's on the goal line. Yeah. And he'll pull it up front, stick between the legs, and go top shelf. And then I laugh because I'll see it on the highlight reel, and I'll just text him and be like, where have I seen that before? <laughs> he's like, never know when you're going to need these things. That's fantastic. Well, that's what separates great players from just good players, right? The, the willingness to be uncomfortable and mm -hmm. put yourself in those situations because – you never know when you're going to be in that situation during a game. Like you said with Nolan Arenado, that's, that's what he works sure. on. That's why he's so great. And with the Kachucks, like, they put themselves in those situations because it will happen in a game. Yeah. And those that don't work on that stuff, 
they're not able to put it home. And it's going to be second nature to them. Absolutely. When it happens. It's it's not unlike Michael Jordan adding a new part to his game each, each offseason. Aaron Rodgers has done that too. Aaron Rodgers will look to get better in a certain area, maybe timing up his back foot depending on what the route is to make sure that it matches when that receiver breaks. You know, the open in the NFL is really a, cor- a corner on, on a guy, but when you have that window that's open, can you, can you complete that pass in a tight area? Aaron Rodgers would work on that all the time. So it's just the great players adding and adding and adding to their game. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We will get a chance to talk to Keith Kachuk at some point. Yeah, at some point. After he was, he was, anna- it was announced last night that he'll join the 2024 class of the Blues Hall of Fame alongside Pavel Dimitra and Mike Liute. The Saints lost last night. They deserved to lose. I'll tell you one play <laughs> why. That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think there's times where that can that can be, you know, a good play, and uh, obviously we didn't execute it. Certainly, if we had, we would be feeling differently, but uh, we didn't we didn't get it done. For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. Uh, you guys know me pretty well. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> no, what's wrong, Anthony? Do you need a safe space to talk? No, no. I just uh, Are you sure. <clears throat> what's my least favorite play in all all of sports? The fade. <laughs> Marsh, what did you text me last night? Let me go back to our little group chat, Anthony. Yeah, I texted you last night. Final play, and they go with the fade. Right. LOL. Now, you can't read my response unless no, you clean I it up. But I responded with blanking blank holes. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the usual eggplant emoji <laughs> no, that we I usually get. give you guys yeah. the egg, eggplant yeah, emoji. Yeah. We got that yeah. this morning. Yeah, you're darn right you did. You did. Yeah. It's weird. But, so the Saints lost to the Jaguars last night. Not Ultimately, not a huge surprise because the, even though the Jaguars were a slight underdog, everybody and their brother had the Jacksonville, which is – uh, the reason why I took the Saints in our Pick'em Challenge. I said, oh, oh, everybody's on the Jaguars, are yeah. you? And they're not even favored? Go ahead and give me that Saints. You know what we call you, right? The ultimate contrarian. Uh, we call you the Salmon. Do you know why we call you the Salmon? Because Salmon swim upstream. Yeah, They Anthony. make it harder so for themselves. So my one boy, Big Hoss, yeah. growing up, called him Salmon. Because, you know, hey, what do you kids want for dinner? Mm-hmm. Cheeseburgers, 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 pizza. pizza. <laughs> How about we do pizza then, everybody? All right, pizza, pizza. Ah, never mind. I want cheeseburgers. <laughs> You're the salmon, Anthony. Why do you run a fade with the game on the line? Because it's a great play. You, you make that pass to Randy Moss, it's a given. That's a touchdown. Is, as good as Chris Olave is, is he Randy Moss? No, but was I, Ra- did Randy Moss come out of retirement last night and and, and march for them Saints? He could he would have scored on that play. I don't know. That was a bad pass. He it's it's a terrible play. <laughs> it's a terrible play for that exact reason, Marsh. You have you almost have to be perfect. It's it's a, it's a horrible excuse if you're a play play caller. Ah, just run a fade. Just run a fade in the end zone. It's perfect. No, the corner is already in position. No matter what you do, that corner is always in position. Always. So why does it work sometimes? Because everything works sometimes. No, but Anthony, honestly, 
<laughs> tuck away your emotions for a second. Your yeah. hands are flailing all over the place. Well, I'm gonna, Italian. I talk I know, about hands. People that are walking around are a little concerned. They yeah. think that you're you know, a little off your rocker. Well, I am. You're not, they're not wrong. But why do certain teams use that play and succeed almost every time? Because sometimes, Jamie, in all honesty, the ball is in a perfect spot. And that corner does Because, like, Patrick lose, Mahomes lose, makes uh, that play to Travis Kelsey nine out of ten times. But I feel like that's Tom Brady more, makes that play to Gronk nine out of ten times. But what you're talking about is middle of the field, pass goes high. No, I'm talking down in the red zone. You're talking about two of the best. I mean, Rob Gronkowski is the best tight end. One of the best tight ends I mean, to ever live. He's fine. And Travis Kelsey is a wide is a wide receiver. Big buy. I'm not saying it, it can't work. I'm saying the the percentage that it's run mm. compared to how many times it works in all of sport. I mean, college football you see it a lot. In the NFL you see. I th- I feel like Jamie, it is just the ultimate excuse for a play caller saying, "Why wouldn't you just throw it up?" Yeah. Why wouldn't you do now? In fairness to Pete Car- Carmichael and the Saints, uh-huh. and in fairness to Derek Carr and the Saints. The play that they ran before Great. the fade, that Foster Moreau, unfortunately, and, you, and if you know Foster Moreau's backstory, he overcame cancer, and oh. he had uh, he, he went to the Saints on a physical, and they found you know they found the cancer, and they told him, and he he still wound up signing with them, and he beat cancer, like just a great story. He's got to catch that. He's got to catch that ball. But did you see how wide open he was? It was a smash. Oh, I'm talking to you, Jamie. You were between the benches last night. I'm looking at you like, why not? Jamie, of course, was. I saw how wide open he you was. You saw how wide he I was. I saw a lot of things with that game, Anthony. In I- fairness to Jamie, he was a little busy last night. Um, <laughs> Marsh, you saw how wide open it was. He Jamie, was. maybe maybe you will or you would. You, you know, you did see the, the highlight. That's, that smash concept where you have, you, you can run it either way. You can have the corner do you know a three to five yard hitch come back to suck the, the, the defensive backs up or you can run what I, I believe Alave on that side did where he just did kind of a three or five yard out he sucked the corners up and uh, Moreau smash concept flag route and he was wide open mm-hmm. it's a perfect concept the two corners they jump the they jump the route right in front of them not realizing that you know the Y is sneaking behind them that's creativity. So why aren't you doing that on the last play of the game? I don't mind the fade. I know you hate the fade. I don't mind the fade. I don't like the fade on the final play of the game. And the throw, like I said, it wasn't that good. I'd rather, if they're going to do that, at least throw it into the back corner of the end zone. Which is where that ball has to go. So let you me ask you this. can't throw it low there. Anthony, let me ask you this. And I'm not being the contrarian here to what you're saying. Yeah. But if... It's such an awful play, and it's such an excuse. Mm-hmm. Why do teams use it? Like, why? I know you hate it, yeah. but it's in every team's playbook. Absolutely. It, it is as simple as if you have a receiver that is 6'3 or 6'4 against your prototypical corner, and your prototypical corner is 5'11 to 6'1. Like a big corner, a tall corner is about 6'1. 6-2 maybe if you've okay. got like the legion of boom. Yeah. So you got six so you have the height advantage, right? And you have a receiver that you know is used to high high, you know, high balling pass and all that and that receiver wants the ball. It's an eat like I said, it's an easy excuse just to say, "Hey, throw it up to our best receiver. He'll come down with it." The 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 overall concept though is just I would like I would like it to be better. Just the overall concept, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, Jamie. 
doesn't make any sense. It's like putting an elevator in an outhouse, Anthony. Exactly. It just doesn't make any sense. Anyways, the Jaguars won that game. Excellent, excellent game by Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. This Jaguars team is coming alive. You got to like what, you, what you're seeing right now in the Jaguars, Jamie. You got to like it. I do. I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what about Derek Carr, though? Like, what did we see from Derek Carr? What's that? What, what did we see from Derek Carr last? I know we have, we have some people talking to us while, uh, while we're here live. That's but all right. Sometimes no, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to happen. And we love it. We love it. I'll tell you exactly what I, what I saw from Derek Carr last night. Mm -hmm. Other than him holding his groin and looking Wait. uncomfortable. And, and I always love, too, the, the, he's, point, he's pointing to the first down or he's pointing to go for it. Like they, they were in so many fourth down plays last night because he kept checking it down to Kamara. I made a joke last check night. Down, check down, check down, check down. I had a few buddies over watching the game, and they say, hey, if we just th it, 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 we had a Saints fan over there, and he's like, you know, if we just get three yards every play, we go for it on fourth down every time, we'll yeah. get a first down, we'll just keep going. That's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. That looked like the game plan. How, did, how, many, how many catches did Kamara have last night? Twelve? He had more than he usually does that I've seen the past two years. It looked like they unlocked Alvin Kamara, which could be huge for them moving forward. Sure. I mean, that's great. At some point, you got to throw the ball more than seven yards. Absolutely. You know, and I think when you look at that game, was that, was that working in summer? Yeah. You can't have a check down offense, though. No. <laughs> like, I've never heard of it. I've never mm -hmm. heard of the check down offense. Well, I remember Sam Bradford checking down quite was, often here in St. Louis. He was and it worked also, for them. He was also a, a check like down games. Charlie. Yeah, he was a check down Charlie. But uh, again, nice work there to the, to, to the Jaguars. We talked about it yesterday. Hey, they got to win. That's a game you got to win. And they did. So good for them. Won a, wrote a, won a road game on a short week. Uh, Saints, not good. Not all Derek Carr's fault. Not all the play calling fault. Uh, defense didn't, you know, didn't show up either. They gave up 31 points. So that's your Thursday night football recap. Anything Big Walt yet? <laughs> have we have we awoken Big Walt? No, not yet. Do we jump the gun on the Rangers and Phillies? That's next on one of you ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, we are now all live on the Air Alliance Team YouTube channel at oh, 101 ESPN now? SL. I'm on. I'm oh, on there. Boy, yeah, so now you can wow. look at my oh, ugly wow. mug as well. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. We're live at the River City Casino and Hotel ahead of tonight's St. Louis Blues Warrior Hockey Gala event. It's the first one, and Jamie's going to be hosting it. And a lot of former Blues players are going to be here too. Tony Twist is going to be here, Cam Jansen. Our guy Reed Lowe, who we talked to yesterday. So it should be a fun event tonight at River City Casino and Hotel. Not so fun for the two teams that were well ahead yesterday in the uh, baseball postseason. It, it, well ahead, I'm, I mean, by two if you're the Phillies and one by the Rangers. So the Astros have even the series with the Rangers. ALCS all tied it to. Astros once again broke out the bats. And I thought when Corey Seager hit a home run and tied it three all, I thought, okay, well, here comes the Rangers. Instead, Houston just poured it on in the, late, the, the, the latter innings. And the Diamondbacks, they erased a, a one nothing lead. It was, it was an absolute pitcher's duel yesterday at Chase Field. And the Diamondbacks won with some heroics in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, how about that? Good for them. Excellent. You know, they kind of made it a series to some degree. But I still think that they're dead in the water. I don't I, – I, for all the Diamondbacks have accomplished this year, making the postseason – Knocking off Milwaukee as an underdog, knocking off the Dodgers as an that underdog. That was the big one. The, that, the, the Brewers was. was one thing. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, it kind of was a coin flip. 
for me anyways. Mm-hmm. Knocking off the Dodgers was a major accomplishment. They're, in my opinion, they're just not deep enough to contend with the Phillies. You're not going to be – and look, they, they've got good pitching. They've got, they've got Zach Allen. Uh, the, the dude that threw for him yesterday was sensational. But somebody named Joe Mantiply is going to start for them tonight. Who? Joe. We'll just go with Joe. Joe. Yeah, Joe. Just an average Joe. Guy named Joe. He's a left-hander. He's going to start tonight for Arizona against Christopher Sanchez. Good luck with that, Arizona. Hmm. But this other series, you kind of knew the Astros were going to do something. Hmm. You knew that they weren't just going to roll over. The experience that they have, the offense that they have, and here was here's what's important about them winning yesterday. Now, as good as as great as Jordan Montgomery has been, they also have Jordan. Uh, they also have uh, Justin Verlander back on the bump, and they have home field advantage back, and they have home field advantage back. Great point. So th- today, it, w- when you're looking at this 4:07 p.m. start between the Astros and Rangers, there is a lot of pressure now on Texas to win this one. Mm-hmm despite the fact that they, they have shown that they can win on the road and they can do it in a variety of ways. But this now becomes a, a monumental start for Jordan Montgomery. Who'd That's why they traded for him. Who would have thought the showcase showdown would be Montgomery versus Verlander? Like, you, you certainly expect Verlander to be the headliner. Yeah. But yeah, Jordan Montgomery. No way did I see Monty as the guy that's going to be, you know, opposing him as the, the ace slash number one. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I still like Texas in this Imagine one. Imagine if you had a guy like that. Okay, Jamie, mm. you knew you had to trade him. <laughs> you had to. No, you didn't. Could have just given the money once. I don't think he would have accepted. I think and he, this is why. I think he would have had you give him a nice little pay bump. Because now, now you can't afford him. No. Now you can't. I don't even know if you could beforehand. Well, he's but, he's but been now the he's best a, pitcher, I think, since last year's deadline. He's been a postseason god. Yeah, in this in, in this postseason, well, he, he has been very. He good. didn't pitch for us last year. He we, came in relief in game two, yeah, if I'm not did, mistaken. We didn't deem him good enough to be a postseason starter. In fairness, Jamie, the pitching wasn't really the issue. Well, depends what part of the game you're talking, because the end of game one, it the certainly was an issue. <laughs> in fairness, Jamie, the starting pitching wasn't really the ah, issue last postseason. Do you think, it, 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 just, not to get away from, from the main discussion here, but it, this just sort of popped in my mind, do you think the, the front office looked at last year's postseason and was like, yep, this, post, or this pitching staff, oh, they were fine. That wasn't the problem in the postseason. Let's just run it back. Um, I think that... Yes, I think I think that was probably a discussion point after the market blew up. Mm-hmm. I think there was probably, and this is just speculation on my part, but since you asked the question, there was probably a sense of this market blew up. Mm-hmm. We weren't prepared for it. We weren't ready to hand out the amount of money that was going out the door to, to, to some of these starters. Well, you know what? The pitching wasn't the problem last year. Yeah. So we run it back. We get a healthy season out of Steven Matz. We get Wayno back. Wayno's going to be fine. He told us so. And uh, we're just good. And we don't have to, we don't have to make much, much adjustments. That probably was a sentiment. But not, not until the money going out the door and free agency was just too much for the Cardinals to contend with. I know we talked about. Cut them about, off guard, Anthony. You know, they weren't did. ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that uh, free agents were going to get a, a bucket load of money? Well, yeah. Is that not the, that, that's the question, though. Like, how do you not know that these starters are going to make a 
bunch of money. Like, how do you not know that? <laughs> like, it, it, the, the money is going up and up and up every single year. Yeah. Like, how do you not forecast that? I know we talk about it like, well, you know, we didn't expect the, uh, you know, the pitchers to be making this much money. How? Marsh. <laughs> how do you not know that? How do you not know that uh, an $85 million catcher was not going to catch games the way you wanted him to? Oh, that's a separate conversation. <laughs> is it, though? Is it? This but, is, like, we're it, talking it's about the all, same decision makers. It's all under one tree, and there's a bunch of different branches, and it's a really tall tree. Yeah. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know what they're going to do with this tree. Well, unfortunately, the, the decision makers fell out of said tree and hit every branch on the way down. And the Cardinals fans did, too. I mean, I smoked. We fell, right, we fell right with them. I smoked my face right on a tree limb. Yeah, you did. That's better than a side of a pool wall. Yeah, you make a good point. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh. Again, we'll uh, we'll talk to Keith Kachuk at some point. Yeah, here. sure. We'll wake him up. <laughs> Let's get back into the Blues, though. I'm so gonna give it to him when he finally gets on here. There was uh, there was some issues last night. Turnovers, ah, loose puck battles. What are you talking about? Maybe overall intensity. We'll ah. we'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, they did. I mean, well, we gave up three power play goals, too. Penalty kill wasn't good. Uh, not clearing pucks. Didn't, you know, switches that are unnecessary in the zone. Just giving up easy plays. Uh, again, execution on the PK. Three o'clock on the dot. Time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. They're getting it set up for the event center tonight for the St. Louis Blues Warrior Hockey Gala that uh, Jamie Rivers is going to be hosting tonight. We're live from River City Casino and Hotel. And again, should be a, a fun night. Some of the things, Jamie, that I know that you noticed from last night, turnovers, loose puck battles, in overall intensity, all of those in favor of the Coyotes, all of those working against the Blues last night. And I think the question is why. Yeah, so I wouldn't say it was a, a work ethic thing. I don't think that was the issue. Um, they weren't, the chemistry wasn't there. The, the Blues were not in sync. Craig Ruby uses the word connected a lot. And all that means is that knowing, you know, what your line mates are going to do, being uh, close for puck support, being available on a transition play or a zone entry, one of those things. They weren't. And, and a lot of times, Blues players found themselves all by themselves, covered by one mm -hmm. or two different Coyotes players. And when they did decide to chip the puck in behind, there wasn't anybody going yep. or not going fast enough. So then it was just a turnover. You're giving the puck back to the opposition, and the Coyotes were doing a really good job of... I call it turn and burn, where they just get the puck and boom, right up the ice as fast as you can. And there's something we expected from Seattle. Seattle's a very uh, stretch pass heavy team. Mm -hmm. But the Coyotes executed that a lot, especially early in the first half of that game last night. Every puck was up the ice as fast as they possibly can. What does that do to you as a team, right? We talk about being able to support the puck, the defenseman being able to join the rush, good gaps. Well, when you go to enter the zone whether it's by chipping it in or carrying it in, and you turn it over, and they come back at 100 miles an hour, you have to stop. You have to pivot and play defense. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you have two forwards at that time you know, 
pushing forward, maybe even three, because they're trying to get the puck. But you have your defensemen who have to stop now and defend. So that creates a massive gap in the neutral zone or in the middle of the ice. And that's what happened. And the Coyotes used it effectively. They turned up the boards, up the middle, just deflected in, in on the forecheck, and they went to work. It, they, they flipped the script, basically, on the Blues last night. Jamie, is that something that the Coyotes just do naturally, or is that something that they picked up on in the first two games? Do you think, in your estimation? Because no. obviously you're not there in the game plan meetings for, for Arizona. But I just wonder how big of a, a, of a challenge is it going to be moving forward for the Blues if other teams attack them that way? Well, a lot of teams play that way. So it's so not. Is it was was it just that's what Arizona does? Yeah, they play that way. They're they're they've got good speed, good team speed. They've got some young guys who can really get after it. Their defense is not great. In fact, I'd even say they're not very good. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Take the puck out of their hands, get it up to the guys who can play. And that's that's no disrespect to the the Coyotes defensemen. It's just a fact. Do you want to have Matt Dumba handling the puck all freaking game long, or would no. you rather give it to Clayton Keller? Clayton Keller, please. Yeah. So that's what the strategy is on that one. Yep. Is if you're not good defensively, spend very little time in the defensive zone. Makes sense. I know it sounds so simple, easy. <laughs> yeah. But when you have a team like the Blues, if they're heavy on the forecheck and they're getting after loose pucks, they should, they should dominate a team like the Coyotes. But they didn't get any zone time because they couldn't get any puck retrievals and they weren't connected. So the five or six foot support passes, the five or six foot chip and retrieve, it wasn't happening. So now if you can't get pressure, it's like a quarterback, Anthony. Mm -hmm. If an average quarterback has a lot of time, he can hurt you. Sure. So you want to take away his time. You want to pressure him as much as possible, yeah. right? Yeah. Same with hockey. If an average defense core has a lot of time out there, they can make plays. If they don't have any time, if that's when you can you know, impose your will on them. Blues just didn't get there last night. It just wasn't there. And Jamie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean – the Coyotes, at least in my opinion, they didn't do anything all too special. They were just, they just took what was given to them. I thought one of the Blues' problem was their their first pass, especially coming out of the zone. I thought they tried to stretch the ice too much, and then they they had passes that were either too far out front. One would be in the skates, and then at that point, when you're trying to enter into the zone, everybody's got to stop at the blue line. You don't get that pressure in, and then right when you get it in, the Coyotes, boom, 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 they're out of the zone, and they're going back the other way. I just felt like the passes weren't crisp, and they weren't connecting. And, and like you said, they, they, they weren't playing tight next to each other, right? I remember one, I think it was in the second period, Tyler Tucker and Marco Scandella were in their own zone trying to just get the puck out of the zone. And it looked like all three forwards flew the zone. They're all in the neutral zone. It's like, well, what are you trying to do? You're going to make a stretch pass or you need some support down there to try and get the puck out of the zone. I just feel like that kind of hockey is what led to the loss last night. Just simple things that they can correct. It's that, it's that complimentary hockey that wasn't there last night. You, you, you've been saying connected. They, they weren't connected. I, I I view it as complementary hockey. Mm -hmm. One aspect of the game complements the next aspect of the game and onward. It's not unlike any other sport, but in hockey, if, if you're not doing things in your end and it's clunky, or maybe, maybe we should start with the, the back and the defensive end, you're not doing stuff there to, to get it out of your zone, and that's clunky, and next thing you know, the neutral zone's a mess, and mm -hmm. like Marsh, you're saying, you're not going, you're not getting your own offensive zone on the attack. That's clunky. 
it pucks back out, and then it's just this sick cycle. Well, the neutral zone, in my opinion, was was a disaster last night. You, you're talking about the the defense stepping up and getting into the play. Colton Pareko, which I, I I thought like I think he's done a good job at getting up into the play last night. Sunquist has the puck bounce off his stick. Alexandrov, it goes right under his stick. Colton Pareko's moving up ice to try and be a part of that rush, and then it goes the opposite way. Keller goes in, gets the pass, and goes between the between the legs of Hofer. Yeah. It's just things like that that ultimately lead you to being in the L column. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and look, execution is a big thing. <clears throat> and you, you think that these NHL guys, it's just easy for them to execute. Some games it isn't. You know, whatever the reason. So you're talking about passing the skates, mm-hmm. a pass behind the guy, uh, a pass that's fluttering. All of these things can kill your team speed. Mm-hmm. Craig Bruby talks about playing fast all the time. He understands, and I think we all do, that the Blues aren't the fastest team in the NHL. But to play fast means successful passes. So it's making sure that it's tape to tape, like leading the player mm-hmm. so that he doesn't have to slow down at all. It's making sure that you're supporting the puck so that you're available in an open spot, not 25 feet away. Sometimes it's like 6 to 10 foot range. You advance the puck. Now that's team speed. You're pushing the puck north up the ice. When you don't have the the puck support, when you don't have the executed passes, when you're trying to make something out of nothing and the play's not there and players have to stop and turn and pivot and do all these things, that just kills your team speed. It goes right back to what Marshy was talking about, just the neutral zone was a disaster. It was. There were so many offsides, so many whistles mm-hmm. to start that game. It had very little flow to mm-hmm. it. It just, it was a bad night for the Blues. Yeah. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, you got the Penguins coming into town because you don't have a lot of time to kind of dwell on it. You can look at it and say, all right, you've got another, you get, you got an even better team coming in. Well, a better team, period, coming in with a lot more skill. And we've got to get this fixed in a hurry. Well, yeah. Let me look, look at what you got coming in. It's Sidney Crosby, Malkin, Carlson, Latang. They've got a whole slew of guys that can put it to you if you're not careful. By the way, we do have Big Wall coming up at 3:15. So Keith Kachuk will be joining us at 3:15. We'll talk to him about the announcement last night that he will enter the 2024 Blues Hall of Fame class. What did you think of Hofer? Because we, we have not talked yeah. about Joel Hofer getting his first his first start last night. Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a very um, yeah, unfortunate event mm-hmm. for him last night because he didn't play poorly. He made some really good saves mm-hmm. early on, some post-to-post, and killed a lot of plays, handled the puck really well. But he didn't have, he didn't have a chance on on some of those plays. And the volume of shots that were coming towards him at the end, mm-hmm. you know, just weren't there. I just... They, they were just a lot to handle. Do I think he could have played a little better? Well, yeah, but, yeah. you know, there's certain ones he probably could have had. But you watch the Coyotes. They had good net front presence, and they were getting the grade-A opportunities right in, in tight. To cross, like, when you go pass from one board to the other board on a power play, they got one times it into the net. Yeah, right. What the hell is a goalie supposed do? to do there? Right. I think his start last night made me appreciate what Jordan Bennington has done so far this season. Because let's say Jordan Bennington isn't playing those first two games. Maybe we see something similar to what we saw last night in terms of the score, right? So, I mean, Jordan Bennington has been on fire so far this season. And I, I didn't mind 
Hofer start at all. Like Jamie said, he made some really good saves. That score could have been way worse, in my opinion. It could have been like 4 four nothing in the first period if he doesn't make some of those saves. So, um, yeah, I, I think obviously there's a lot there to unpack, and I'm sure he's going to go back and, and see what he did wrong and what he did well, right? But I think he, he has a bright future moving forward, and I don't think he's going to be giving up six goals every single night. It's one of those things where, you know, a lot of times we rally against the the, the people that are kind of crushing Jordan Bennington because of his save, his save percentage or because of his goals against. I mean, that's one of those games last night. You just got to kind of watch it and see how the goals were scored, not necessarily, you know, well, that power the play goals, goals were scored. Exactly, yeah. We're going to get into that, too. We certainly will. Uh, special teams. We're going to break down the special teams soon. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. We will, we will talk to Keith Kachuk coming up about him joining the 2024 Blues Hall of Fame class. Keith Kachuk next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Oh, Anthony, I love you. I just did something that Jamie uh, just yep. just appreciate. 100%. And I, I did it. I did it because I knew you'd appreciate it. Let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We're joined by the one and only Keith Kachuk, better known as uh, Big Walt, to many of the Blues alumni and the, and the fans, of course. And it was a big night last night. The 2024 Blues Hall of Fame class was announced. Pavel Dimitra, Mike Liute, and of course Keith Kachuk. Keith, we got Jamie here. Thank you so much for for joining us, and congratulations on uh, such an incredible honor. Well, thank you very much. First of all, I apologize. Uh, a little bit uh, sleepy today, so. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a great. I uh, wish I could have been in St. Louis last night to be in the building, but uh, it's an honor, obviously. Uh, especially uh, with Mike and obviously uh, going in with Pav as well as one of my closest buddies to play. And uh, unfortunately, he won't be able to be here, but hopefully his family will be here. But super, super night for our family. We're so blessed. Well, yeah, obviously some a, a few things to unpack with this one. But first of all, let's just focus on, on you and, and you being nominated to the Blues Hall of Fame. Like, what does that mean to you, truly? Because you know some of the older guys, the franchise, and I know how hard you played for this franchise and, and still living in St. Louis. But what does it mean for you to be into the second class? Well, you know what? It's, it's incredible. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, when I first got traded here, I didn't know a lot about St. Louis. and It was well over 20 years ago. And it's been the best move of our lives for our family. Um, it's a special place. I mean, you can see Jamie being a former player living here now, too, and all the other former players still living here, and it's just a beautiful place to play. And I was very lucky to play with some great people and played for under some great coaches and some great managers and obviously the fans. I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know a lot about this place. But any time you get inducted into a Hall of Fame like the St. Louis Blues, uh, you know, you tickle pink. You really are. And just uh, so very fortunate that I was able to get traded here and to see what it's like to live in such a great place and to play with such great fans. And then part two of this is to go in at the same time 
is our good buddy Pav. I mean, I played with Pav. Uh, I loved him as a teammate, as a friend. You guys had a special relationship on and off the ice. What does it mean to go in this, at the exact same time as your buddy? Well, it means everything. Um, I wouldn't have the success that I've had if I hadn't played with Pavel, for sure. I mean, he was such an incredible, incredible player. Um, very underrated player. In fact, I got traded for two of his buddies. Um, funny story that, you know, I don't think he was too happy about two Slovaks and Nagy and Anzu. So, um, got off to a shaky start. We got to know each other. We got to love playing with each other. We got to love to hang out with each other. And we became great friends. And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate. You know, he did a lot of the legwork and a lot of the unselfish play of passing the puck. And all he used to tell me is just go to the net and I'll get you the puck. And by God, he did it. Keith Kachuk joins us right now in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Uh, Big Walt, when when we talked about this to lead off the show, I asked Jamie what uh, what it meant to, to look at you and Pavel and Mike Liut and say, hey, what are the when you think of these three players, what do you what do you think? Uh, if I could ask you, what is it when you think of a Blues player? Right, a, what it, what it means to be a blue and the, and and to be a part of this franchise. What does that mean for you? Well, it, it means everything. I mean, it means you know. I'm hoping you know it's the way we interacted uh, with the fans, the people, the people around, not just in the locker room, but the people away from the rink. I think that's just as important as what you do on the ice and how you carry yourself and how you you know, be involved in, in, in the community. And I think that means a lot. And there's so many great players that have come through St. Louis Blues. And that's why it makes it so special. There's guys that paved the way for myself and Pav and, and Mike being one of them. And I remember when Mike uh, came back, you know, he's, uh, you know, obviously a fan favorite in a different era um, and a tremendous person. And I think we all have you know, committed to that office where we were engraved into the community and did what, you know, what we should have done as role models. Uh, Keith, did you hear from either boy last night? Did did, uh, did your sons reach out to you at some point? No, that, that's for the ones through. I got to give Mike Crusoe a lot of credit. Mike, uh, you know, uh, got the boys to tell me a while back uh, while they were home before they went to camp, and it was pretty it was pretty special to hear from the boys. And uh, uh, I didn't hear from the last night. I, I talked to Brady, actually, but I was I'm traveling, so I've been out a little watching some hockey. And, uh, but i got to give a lot of credit to Mike Caruso and his staff and the people that work in the St. Louis Blues. They always treat me so well. And, you know, guys like Mike are, are another reason why, um, you know, I've lived in St. Louis so long and, and you know, they've been so incredible to me. Keith, look, uh, we know that the boys are proud of you and that they had the opportunity to, to tell you um, that you were inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. But if we switch it over a little bit to your boys, and if you just open and honest with me here a little bit, because I know you give, some of the, you give some of the polished answers sometimes, <laughs> and yeah. I don't blame you, okay? Cause, but, but my Keith Kachuk, he's not very polished. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, no, but how, how proud are you? for real, of, of your boys? Like, when you look at their success right now, like, there, there's got to be a huge part of you that just, it, it's got to feel somewhat surreal at times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm 100% very proud of them, no matter what they did, but 
they accomplishing more than I thought they would right now? 100%. I mean, you don't realize. I mean, last year itself, being in the All-Star game and playing together and having success uh, on the ice, and um, I, it's been great. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for them, but I'm also laughing because I'm not known as Keith Kachuk anymore, the hockey player. I'm known as Matthew and Brady Kachuk's dad, which is great. So, damn right, I'm pumped. That's awesome. Also, Keith, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up your incredible wife, Chantal. I know that um, she's been along for the ride for a very, very long time. And, you know, what does it mean for you as an individual to have somebody who has been so dedicated to you and then to your boys when in the early going it was tough? You were still playing. You weren't always around and all the travel. And still you travel a lot. It's got to be pretty special to have a backbone like that at home for you. Yeah, you do. I mean, we had three kids, uh, all very involved in sports and different, you know, aspects. So, yeah, I mean, when you're traveling, you're focused on your job. When you're home, you're a dad. But when you're away, you know, luckily we had some good support system where we had grandparents flying and we had so many friends around. But Chantel was going from rank to rank. And some days, you know, you know, when you have a tournament, you have kids on two different teams, you're all over the map doing a lot of travel. And so, you can't have it without a great support system at home. And uh, Chantal's been amazing dealing with my crap all these years <laughs> and uh, taking care of the kids. She didn't have three kids. She had four, with me included. So um, that was probably the worst of them all to try to keep under control. Keith, uh, going back to the draft now this year, uh, we, you know, the Blues had that little behind-the-scenes video, which I thought was pretty cool. But you were pretty adamant on Dalibor Dvorsky. Uh, in those meetings, you know, what what can we expect from this young man, and what do you think of the move going from the Swedish league, and now he's going to be playing up in the OHL, the Sudbury Wolves, you know, team I put on the map, Walt. Yeah, of course, yeah, the house the house you built right there, the organization, not not the Hunters or some of the other great players that played there, but uh, uh, no, I I loved him at the draft, and I I love him now. I mean, that hasn't changed. Um, um, you know, when you're a young kid playing over in Sweden, playing on a, a crappy team and getting limited minutes, it's difficult to develop. So um, he's in a good situation. Uh, the fans of St. Louis are going to love this guy. Um, I think it's a great move going to the OHL and playing for Sudbury. Sudbury has a good team. He'll be able to play with good players and play a lot, but he's a big horse. He plays down the middle. He plays 200 feet. He can score goals. He just has that knack. And, um, you know, he's got a little pavel in him but probably a little bit heavier, and I think the fans are going to love this guy, and I can't wait to see him in a Blues uniform. Well, I can't either, buddy, and um, I can't wait for the induction ceremony when uh, we can all get together and have a couple of drinks, and I know we'll have a lot of laughs, but, buddy, I'm proud of you, man. You, uh, you made a huge impact on this franchise, and you still do on a daily basis, so congratulations, my friend. Oh, I appreciate it, Rose. Thanks for having my back all these years. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Thank you very much for having me. Keith, thank you so much, and again, congratulations to you. Thanks, guys. Take care. You too. That's uh, Keith Kachuk, part of the 2024 Blues Hall of Fame class alongside uh, Mike Liu and the late, great Pavel Dimitra. Big Walt is such an awesome dude, man. Like, it, it's, so, it's so fun to see these guys that you've played with and gotten to know. Like, Walt is a friend of mine, and it is not, not that just because we were teammates. It's just that when I first retired, you know, we talk about getting my boys involved in hockey and just like 
the events that we do, and, and Chantal, his wife, who she is just amazing, just an amazing person. They've done such a great job with their kids. Like, those two boys would have every right to big-time the world yeah. if they wanted. Yep. Yet, guess what they've never done in their life? Never big-time. <clears throat> they've never big-timed anybody, mm -hmm. anything. They, they're tremendous with the trainers. They come by and they'll visit a Synergy hockey camp if I ask them to. They sign the autographs for the kids. They take pictures. They talk to them. Like, they're so grounded. And that all leads back. All roads lead back to the parents. Yeah. And but so Chantel and Walt just just an amazing job there. And I'm just really happy. It's fun to, to have friends of mine now getting honored in this capacity. Last year, obviously, Holly's a near and dear friend of mine. So him going in, no-brainer, of course. Sure. Keith Kachuk, Pavel Dimitri, no-brainers, in my opinion, as well. But just a lot of fun to uh, to see these guys still having the success after all these years. Yeah, going back to what you said about the family aspect, too, the, the, the apple never falls too far from the tree, right? And when we have Matthew on or we had Brady on this past offseason, actually, I think we had both both boys on uh during the pandemic mm -hmm. we had we had the almost the whole family on i think at one point tried to get Chantal. i think she she said nah, not today but jamie you know this as a father of four i'm a father of three when somebody whether it's a teacher or somebody that has interacted with our kids somebody comes back to you and says they're so polite or they're so sweet or they're so kind or they're so whatever that that means so much to you and when we have Matthew on or we have Brady on, they're exactly as you describe. <laughs> they're grounded. They ha sure they you can tell they could have they can have some fun. Oh, they're great. But they're kids. so respectful. And Matthew, Matthew, and Brady, Brady, I'm sure is is right there too. But Matthew in the postseason last year he became a star. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're you're looking at a star last year in Matthew Chuck. And like you said, out of anybody that could be, go on and big time you and say, Nah, no thanks, man. Blank off. Mm -hmm. That's not them. And that yeah. is a direct reflection on Keith and uh, his wife, Chantel. Yeah, they did a great job. It's, it's Like I said, I'm going to repeat myself over and over. It's just an awesome honor for those guys, awesome moment. And the best part is the other guys, their friends and their former teammates, we all get to live it with them. Yeah. We don't get the jacket, but we live the moment with them. And no that's, doubt. you know, that's just as and much. And they're so fun. willing to share, you could tell. Absolutely. They are. All right, it's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We've got our Sports 6 back coming up next, 314-399-9646. If you have a question for us, send it to our, our uh, Air Comfort Service tax line, and we'll answer it next. Sports 6 back next in the Fastlane. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We're right across from the event center inside River City Casino and Hotel ahead of tonight's St. Louis Blues Warrior Hockey Gala hosted by our very own Jamie Rivers. If you got tickets tonight, you got dinner and drinks. And uh, I think it's going to be a, what, a live auction at one point as well, Jamie. A lot of stuff going on, and we got uh, some of the big boys, like you talked about, Reed Lowe, Twister, Cam Jansen. We're going to be breaking down some of their best fights in, in, in their careers, and we're going to be telling stories and drinking 
booze and having fun, Anthony. A whole bunch of debauchery going on. Can you please bring up to Cam when he absolutely blew up Carey Price? Okay, we can talk about that, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> you like that one, eh, Marshy? <laughs> when Cam Jansen's skating down the ice, Carey Price comes out of his net, and he just lit him up. That, that's one way. It's why I tell young kids, especially way back in the day, like when I was older, like the end of my career, kids think, oh, I can't find a fight out here. You know, they're acting like they're so tough. Mm-hmm. I'd laugh. I'd say, listen, you can always find a fight. <laughs> it depends on what you're willing to do. Yeah. And that's a perfect example. Cam, just go go hit the goalie. Just hit yeah. the goalie, yeah. You'll Somebody, find a fight. <laughs> somebody's going to come after you. Especially one of, one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah, yeah no kidding. No kidding. Uh-huh. All right, let's head back to our studios. Bradford Bruns ready to go. Question one, please. Question number one. All right, guys, from the 636, if the Blues had the same result against Pittsburgh as they did against Arizona, what changes do you think Chief will make? Well, I think you'd have to look at changing some of the lines. I think if you're not getting enough offense out of your top guys, which is you know something that's been a problem this year for the Blues, and Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo have not gotten going yet. Um, you know, Pavel Buchnevich being injured that certainly hampers it. But you know, a lot is expected from those guys. So I would say that the line changes. I think you would see a possibility. Of some defensemen being changed as well. Maybe Scott Perunovic gets in the lineup here. Robert Bortuzzo. You can't just stand pat if things look bad. If you lose, it's one thing. If, if you lose, it's like, it's you know what? Sometimes you lose and you still had the best roster out on the ice. You just yeah. didn't play better than the opposition. If it looks bad, um, then you have to change it up. You, you can't continuously put out the same group of guys in the same line construction if it just looks bad. So although it looked bad last night, you can't panic, guys. It's the first game this season that it's looked bad. Mm-hmm. You know, if they follow up against Pittsburgh, then you can notice some small tweaks. But again, you can't panic. You're still only, what, four games in? Four games At in. that point. You can't panic. You can't let – sometimes you can't let the result – create a reactionary decision that makes it look like you've lost control especially when you worked on something all off season that that's where you get into trouble as decision makers mm-hmm. you work on this all off season you you put in the work you put in the time you're telling your players over and over again this is what we're going with because this is going to lead to success and then you're four games in and you ditch it that's not that's not the way to do it well what does it tell your team it tells it tells the team that you don't know what you're doing. It tells you that you're just you no know, idea. It was throw whatever it is at mm-hmm. the wall and see what happens. That you're reactionary too. Oh, that just happened, so we're gonna we're gonna change everything. Yeah. Was the defensive scheme last night necessarily the problem, or was it just turnovers? Turnovers and execution. And you know, I know those are two words. Like the turnovers is easy, but right. when you talk about execution, like wow, that's a you know, that's a massive blanket when you talk about like execution. It was everywhere. Yeah. Whether it was zone exits or breakouts, whatever terminology you'd like to use, whether it was transition in the neutral zone, there was very little to no sustained offensive time of possession. Right. The power play was not good. Again, in fact, uh, well, power play one wasn't good. Power play two looked much better. And Greg Berube went back to power play two uh, to start one of the power plays. They had like five shots on net, so at least you generated that. But... Yeah, just overall, the execution throughout the game wasn't good. And defensively, they had a couple of lapses where two guys end up going to the same guy, mm-hmm. left another player open. Uh, you got to clean that up. But again, you're three games into the season. 
it's not time to hit the big red panic button and be like, dismantle this thing. Right. We want the big red easy button. That would yeah. be one. Hit the easy That's button right. after goals are scored. It's the second week of the season. <laughs> Question two, please. Question number two. From the 314, if the Diamondbacks win tonight, should the Phillies be worried? No. You don't think player name is going to deal tonight for the no. Diamondbacks? You mean Joe Mattingly or whatever the hell his name is? I don't think that's his name. Think. Watch this kid just dominate. Well, you know how that works. Yeah. Who was the kid last night that just shoved? Brandon. Yeah. Brandon last name. Brandon. He was awesome. He was throwing that sweeper constantly. Just had everybody diving out out of the zone. But no, you're gonna you're gonna face you're gonna have to go through Nola and and Zach Wheeler again at some point. To win this thing, well, probably next game you're going to get you're going to you're, you're going to get, get Wheeler, the game one right? starter again. Yeah, so no, I don't think so, Marsh. Question three, please. Question number three from the three one four. We love hypotheticals here in the fast lane. If Mizzou did not lose to LSU, do you think the Tigers would be a top ten team in the nation after a win tomorrow going into Georgia? Mm. I don't think they'd be top 10. I think they would be somewhere in the 15 to 17 range. Let's look at the rankings here, shall we? That's just, uh, to me, that's my... Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, Oklahoma, Penn State. So you wouldn't wouldn't be in the top seven. Even with a 7-0 record? Yes. Texas... Well, 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 think about it. This question says after this week. So we have to account for Ohio State and Penn State playing this week. One of those teams is going to lose. All right, so one of those teams, let's say, let's just say it's Penn State, just for sake of conversation, they they bounce down. Texas is five and one. Let's assume they beat Houston this week; they'd be six and one. Oregon, let's assume they beat Washington State; they're six and one. Uh, North Carolina, let's assume they beat. I forget who they're playing. I don't think it's a tough tough opponent. Uh, it is Virginia, so they should get a win. They're seven and zero. Oh. That's your top ten as of right now. Alabama is eleven, and they're they're taking on Tennessee. So they'll be seven and one if they could if if they knock off Tennessee. I think it would be very difficult for Mizzou to crack the top ten even with a seven and zero record. But they would certainly be. I would have them over Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I would have them certainly over Ole Miss and Utah and Notre Dame. So I would say uh, in that eleven to twelve range. You don't think being in the SEC they would get a little bit of leeway there because they are an SEC team, an undefeated SEC team. I feel like maybe the polls would would be in favor of them. Their wins would be against LSU and Kansas State, right? So, uh, Well, in Kentucky. Yeah, that would be three quality wins. You might be right, Marsh. They, maybe maybe they would be like 10. But would it be a, would it be considered a quality win based on the fact that LSU would have had three losses then? Then do you discard that as maybe LSU's not that good? From what I've gathered with this committee. You know what I'm saying? I do, totally. From what I gather from this committee, Jamie, it's all about whether or not you face a ranked opponent, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if if that ranked opponent is twenty five. Mm. Like you beat a ranked opponent, bow down. So I don't. Th- I don't think so. I don't think it would matter that LSU at that point would have had three losses or whatever. No. Uh, so Marsh, again, going back to you, maybe maybe you do look at it because Texas Texas had the win against Alabama and mm-hmm. Kansas, but that's it. They lost to Oklahoma, so maybe you get ahead of Texas. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, they lost to LSU, so yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Question four, please. Question number four. All right, from 314, do the Blues lack playmakers offensively? Does that explain the neutral zone woes? Oh, to have a Pavel Dimitra. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> to have a Pavel Dimitra, that's an understatement. But um, I don't think they lack, what was it, offensively? 
Uh, offensive playmakers. Yeah, I don't think they lack that. I mean, if you look at Booch, you look at Thomas, you look at Cairo, you know, you look at Verana, Kapanen, like you've got some talent in this lineup. Mm. Even some of your so-called checking guys are talented. Like, look at Hazy last night. He had a couple of really nice passes, nice mm. plays. Brandon Saad had a couple of good plays. I don't think... Do they lack? Okay, do they have the same volume as some of the other teams? Maybe not, but they're not a team that is lacking offensive mm-hmm. punch. They haven't scored any goals yet. Uh, it'd be nice to score a few more goals. There's no doubt about that. So, I mean, it kind of punches holes into what I'm saying right now because they haven't created offensively, but I, I don't believe they're lacking the playmakers. I think they're, they're lacking the execution right now. Do you think that the Blues go as Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas go? Last night, I, I didn't really think they had much of an impact on that game. Yeah, no, they, they unfortunately and fortunately, yes, it runs through them. They're the two highest paid guys on the team. They've got eight-year contracts. They are the franchise at this point. If it didn't run through them, what do those contracts yeah, why did you give them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What does, it, what does it say about those contracts if it doesn't run through them? So, although, you know, the dollar amount, you know, it's unfair sometimes to equate that to, you know, how much you expect out of the performance. In other ways, it's not unfair. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're being paid top dollar mm-hmm. to be the best guys on the team. And they have not been that yet. Would you consider splitting them up? Um. <sighs> Yes and no, because, uh, again, I, I believe you signed them together, identical, all this stuff, to play them together. Mm-hmm. And theoretically, Robert Thomas is a distributor of the puck, and Cairo is a goal scorer. So, on paper, it works, and it has worked. Look mm-hmm. at last year. Like, three games in, they still, even in three games, they still have a goal. Robert Thomas to Jordan Cairo scores a goal. be nice if you had two or three or four. I get it. But these guys... In my opinion, these guys are slated to play together. You know, Chief talks about pairs. Mm-hmm. This is a pair. He, he's not gonna. I don't think he splits them up anytime soon, and I think he's gonna ride it out with those guys. Hey, we do need a new Gauntlet contestant. So if you want to play us in about 15 minutes or so, just text into the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646, and you'll have your chance to take on either Jamie. Marsh or me today in the gauntlet again gauntlet coming up at four o'clock we just talked to a little college football let's get into it though let's get into a little bit more we'll talk about this Missouri and South Carolina matchup as well as the the big one in the Big Ten next on 101 ESPN we're right back to the Fast Lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. We are live for the St. Louis Blues Warrior Hockey Gala, which is tonight. We're inside the River City Casino Hotel right across from the event center where the event will be taking place tonight. College football, week eight primer. First of all, I can't believe we're in week eight. It's almost sad that this college football season is rolling as quickly as it is. But tomorrow, locally, 2.30 kickoff between South Carolina and Mizzou. South Carolina comes in 2-4. They're Owen Deuce on the road. Mizzou 6-1, 3-1 at home. Obviously the one loss against LSU. 
Any concerns, guys, that Mizzou is in trouble against South Carolina? Well, Anthony, uh, personally, I will be attending that game tomorrow. Oh, Marshy road trip. What was the other game that you attended? The Middle Tennessee game. Okay, so that was a little bumpy. But it was a little bumpy. That was also the last time Marshy we kind of yelled at game. Mizzou, right? Yes. Marshy yeah. or the game? Both. Yeah. Am I a I little, mean, I'm a little there, bumpy? Accountable. I thought you were a little bumpy that day. Remember when you and I had a little talk that day? I was a little bumpy. Yeah, a little bumpy. <laughs> I was a little bumpy. I got a phone call from yeah. Marcy that day. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't even me, but we did talk on the, yeah. on the phone. <laughs> we sure did. So I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. I think this, I think this matchup features the strengths of Mizzou and not so much for South Carolina. South Carolina's pass defense is atrocious. I think Mizzou can hang 400 yards on them. What? That passing game, that passing game is going to be clicking again for Mizzou. I mean, Mississippi State threw for 487 yards. 487 yards against South Carolina. Is that good? Not if you're South Carolina. <laughs> yes, if you're Mississippi State. And I like Mizzou's passing game more than I like Mississippi State's passing game. So, so I, then why do people get all uptight? Every time we look at the schedule, we're like, ah, you know, South Carolina, South Carolina. I think that's just that kind of the, the Mizzou. It's the Mizzou yeah. thing. Every game's a trap game. Yeah, every game you're like, ah. It, it, this is this is the cycle. I, I'm not I, – I root for Mizzou to do well. I'm not a Mizzou fan. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it, I, I don't – I don't want to put myself in that category and take away from actual fans, but I do root for them What's to do What's your well. problem with them, Anthony? Why don't you like them? there. Mizzou, I'm just going to keep the feet moving. <laughs> so when it comes to Mizzou, I feel like the cycle is always, oh, yeah, South Carolina, we're good on this. You know what? I could see them lose. I don't know. Now I'm kind of panicked about this one. Like, that is the cycle yeah. when it comes to this. And then they show up. And then they show up. Yeah, and then you're fine. I, I don't I, – you shouldn't have that – kind of feel after last week you know you go into lexington you at beat what them, point do you get confident with this mizzou team i would th I, I think last week was it yeah you fall down for you fall behind 14 nil on the road to kentucky which to kentucky which is a good team this year and then you come all the way back and you do what you do and you slam the door on them fools i, I like that i think you should feel confident um spencer radler though the numbers don't indicate it spencer radler's having an outstanding year mm-hmm his offensive line at some point may like he may have to file a suit against his old line mm. for abuse <laughs> but he's playing well so i wouldn't be shocked if spencer radler had himself a big game tomorrow but i think mizzou wins this game right. south carolina's not going to be able to stop throwing that's the problem and when you get in that mode and you can't run the ball and you're 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 chasing points constantly that's a bad recipe for success you're looking at a lot of three and outs in the second half i, I just hope i'm not like you know, uh, a bad influence. A mush? Yeah, I don't, you know, last time I was there, it was a close game against an opponent that they should have blown out. So I hope I'm not the problem, you know? I don't view you as a problem, Marsh, you know? Oh, um, I appreciate that. So I don't think you should view yourself as a potential problem. I think you're just fine. Well, thank you, Anthony, because if they do end up playing pretty bad, pretty poorly, you know, I'm going to be a little Spencer rattled uh, <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> How long waiting. have you been yeah. sitting on that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe a couple minutes. <laughs> Marsh, he's, he's been thinking about how he could get it in yeah. there. Marsh was thinking, like, this is going to be good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, All right. Marshy, I appreciate that. Thank I, you. Yes, I, I, I do too. All right, so the big the, the big game tomorrow in college football is Penn State at Ohio State. Who you got, man? I got Ohio State I in this do too. one. I, I don't think Penn State's real. People are all <laughs> hot and bothered by, <laughs> by Penn State this year. Like, they just – they love them some Penn State football. Yeah. This is a game, and I know Penn State Penn State is more than capable of winning this, but can we go over their schedule? 
they opened up against West Virginia. Then they played the uh, the, the Delaware. The Delaware uh, Blue Hens. Blue Hens, that's right. They hung 63 <laughs> on them. They should hang 63 on Delaware. Then they faced, no offense to ILL there, but uh, they, they beat Illinois. Gary mm. Davis. Iowa, which doesn't have an offense. Mm. That I don't think they play with an offense. I think they just put their defense on the field. No, they're like, listen, if, they're gonna, if we're going to score here, it's got to be a defensive touchdown. They're going to field goal you to death. They're going to field goal the Northwestern and UMass. Why do? You, why does anybody like? Oh, Penn Penn State is just this. Wow, they're, they're going to go into the horseshoe and beat them. Oh, they're they're going to the horseshoe. They're going to yeah. the horseshoe. Yeah. Good luck with that. Here's the thing. Uh, last time we did something similar to this was with Oklahoma, and they beat Texas. They did. That was the Red River and I, rivalry. And by the way, we're going to get to our Pick'em Challenge. Did you end up taking the Saints last night? I certainly did. So I told we're you before one. before the show, Yeah. what did we learn from <laughs> Brandon Staley? Yeah. Instead of getting ahead. Just kick the field just goal. Just kick the field goal, yeah. right? Get yeah. the tie. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves now because Penn State could beat Ohio State. Look, they absolutely could. They're a good team. I don't have them doing it, though. I don't either. I think the Ohio hey, State Buckeyes are going to win. There you go. I'm glad when we're all on the same side. Marsh is right. We usually use that one. Lose that one. Yeah, that Saints pick, guys. I'm either what a genius. What the hell were you thinking? I'm either a genius or a dope on that one. And I'm a dope. Well, like, you know what? If there's they, no one between on that. You know what's even funnier about that fade in the end zone is that Anthony had them winning the game. I did. Yeah. And that's why I sent the text. Because I knew you had them winning, and I knew that you would be irritated that they threw that fade. <laughs> the bottom line is I got us down one one nothing now in this pick'em challenge. It's all right, Anthony. So. We're going to come roaring, roaring back. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's ah, right. Jinx. You owe me a beer. What? You owe me a soda? No, you got to say my name. Why? What? That's the get. That's Jinx. You got to no, say the name. I've never done that. I've never heard of that. Are you never. serious? Yeah. Yeah. No. What state did you grow up in? Well, we don't know. We That's don't know. The problem. <laughs> 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 All right. We got the gauntlet next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet here in the fast lane. 404, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. And we welcome in Brian, or on the text line, Brian is affectionately known as Day Drinking Brian. What's up, Brian? <laughs> good afternoon, fellas. Everything good? Having a good weekend? Or good start to your weekend? Uh, horrible blues game last night. and Winterizing boats today, so it's a somber day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you listening then. Uh, Brian, would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or me today in the gauntlet? Well, you didn't ask if I've been in the gauntlet yet. Uh, have I have not done 2.0, and okay. I have yet to get by Stalter. So I'm going to have to stick with Stalter because I haven't beat him. Oh, oh this is a revenge. Did, yes, wow. so it's a revenge spot. Did you did you play me in Gauntlet 1.0? Well, yeah, 1.0. Uh, and a couple years ago, uh, during a snowstorm, that's when I was, we were day drinking during a snowstorm when I was on the Gauntlet. That's when oh, I nice. started saying day drinking, Brian. Okay, very good. Well, <laughs> Brian, good luck to you, man. 
All right, Anthony is going to I don't know, find somewhere to hide in here. Blackjack table will be good. Yeah, you never know, right? Um, all right. right, well, Anthony's making his way over there. Uh, what I need from you, Brian, is for you to tell Bradford back in the studio to spin the wheel. Bradley, spin that wheel. What are you hoping for, Brian? Uh, not football because it's against Stalter. Okay. That's probably my strongest subject. All right. Well, uh, as the wheel slows down, guess what? Good news. It's not football. It's baseball. Okay. Better right. than random. You're okay with that? Do it. Okay. All right. So before we get into the questions, I know you did Gauntlet 1.0. But Gauntlet 2.0 here, some of the rules, well, they're the same. But if you answer the question without using the options, that's worth two points. If you use the option answer correctly, it's only worth one point. If you answer wrong, well, you answer it wrong. That's it. All right, Marshy, I don't have the right thing. You sent me. Does no, I've got it. All right, sorry, guys. We're, we're the on. The answers are not highlighted. Yeah. They are italicized. Well, I still don't even see that. So that's all right. Okay, Brian, we're going to get kicking here. Okay, buddy? We're true professionals around here. All right, coming up in a bit, Jordan Montgomery aims to lift the Rangers past the Astros in Game 5 of the ALCS. Monty was originally drafted by the Yankees in 2014. That same year, the Cardinals spent the 27th overall pick on what pitcher? Twenty fourteen? Yes, sir. All right, give me the options. All right, was it Dakota Hudson, Tyler Lyons, or Luke Weaver? Let's go with Weaver. Let's go with Weaver. All right, final answer. Final answer. All right, thank you. Question number two, the 2023 MLB regular season saw a total of four no-hitters. Who tossed the first one back on June 28th against the Oakland Athletics? Options. Options are Sonny Gray, Domingo Herman, or Garrett Cole? Cole, final answer. All right, Brian, question three. Tonight on 101 ESPN, the Phillies look to seize a 3-1 lead over the Diamondbacks in the NLCS. Name Philadelphia's all-time leader in at-bats. All-time all leader in at-bats. Yes, sir. Mike Schmidt. Final answer? Final answer. And question number four, Philly star Bryce Harper turned 31 earlier this week. At Las Vegas High School, what was Harper's primary position? I'll take a shot in the dark and say shortstop and final answer. Why, or some reason I'm thinking he was a catcher, but I already said final answer. All right. All right. Now we got to try and find Anthony. No idea where the hell he's at. Talking to people, bothering people. You see people running from security's now headed his going way. On? I'm not really sure what's he's going on. He's taking a sweet time. He sure is. Hey, hey Anthony. Take your time, Anthony. 
Right, don't worry about us over here. No. We're trying, though. All right, how was the uh, cone of silence or the room of silence? We can see you through the windows. Just checking out the auction items for tonight. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is pretty fun here at the event center at River City Casino Hotel. Yeah, but more is. importantly, how did Brian do? Well, you better pack a lunch. Oh, boy. Okay. Or two. Or two. Yeah, you two. What we got, hockey today or hockey? Uh, well, we don't have football. We got baseball. Oh, okay. All right, Anthony. I like baseball. one. Uh, coming up tonight, Jordan Montgomery aims to lift the Rangers past the Astros in Game 5 of the ALCS. Monty was originally drafted by the Yankees in 2014. That same year, the Cardinals spent the 27th overall pick on what pitcher? Oh, boy. 2014, you said? Correct. Jamie, I feel like you and I have have looked at this era as a, as a big miss for the Cardinals. So the names that are coming up are like Dakota Hudson, Jack Flaherty. Mm, Shelby Miller was before that. Um, but let's narrow it down. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody. All right. Can I have the options? Was please? it Dakota Hudson, Tyler Lyons, or Luke Weaver? Oh, Dream Weaver. I know it wasn't Lions. I thought about Hudson, but now that you said the Luke Weaver, was he 2014? I think he'd be in that area. Yeah, I'm going to say Luke Weaver, final answer. Question number two. The 2023 MLB regular season saw a total of four no-hitters. Who tossed the first one back on June 28th against the Oakland Athletics? That would be Domingo Herman of the Yankees. Final answer. Question three. Tonight on 101 ESPN, the Phillies look to seize a 3-1 lead over the Diamondbacks in the NLCS. Name Philadelphia's all-time leader in at-bats. Oh, man. Well, the first name that comes to mind is Mike, Mike Schmidt. Chase Utley had a ton of ABs, I'm sure. Jimmy Rollins had a ton of, a ton of ABs. Ryan Howard had, had a ton of ABs. I'm going to ask for the options again. i got to narrow this down. Was it Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, <laughs> or Mike Schmidt? <laughs> <laughs> I really helped myself there, didn't I, Jamie? Uh, as you were saying, I was like, I cannot believe this. <laughs> um... I eliminated Ryan Howard, so that was good. Uh, I think Jimmy Rollins holds a ton of records for the Phillies, including maybe even base hits. Head says Mike, Mike Schmidt. Gut says Jimmy Rollins. And you should always go with your head. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Rollins since I'm a contrarian. Jimmy Rollins, final answer. Question number four, Philly star Bryce Harper turned 31 earlier this week at Las Vegas High School. What was Harper's primary position? Oh, wow. Normally you put the, the better players at shortstop, so I'll say shortstop. Final answer. All right, let's go over these things here. Let's start right there. Question four, Philly star Bryce Harper turned 31 earlier in the week. At Las Vegas High School, what was Harper's primary position? Brian, you said shortstop. 
Anthony, you said shark stop. The shark stop. Answer is. Well, after Brian said final answer, he said maybe he was a catcher. He indeed was a catcher. Oh, wow. wow. Really? Yeah, oh, that, a missed opportunity there. No score after one. Hmm. Let's go to uh, question number one. Was shortstop an option? Yes, of course it was. Okay. <laughs> no, actually it wasn't. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> catcher, second base, or pitcher. Mm. <laughs> All right, question number one. Talking about Jordan Montgomery and the Rangers playing tonight. Monty was originally drafted by the Yankees in 2014. That same year, the Cardinals spent the 27th overall pick on what pitcher? Brian, you said Luke Weaver. Anthony, you said Luke Weaver. Answer is? It is Luke Weaver. Nice. But both of you needed the Oh, options. Jamie, you got me on that one. All right. Yeah, because Hudson, I think, was like the 19th pick or something. Question three. Uh, tonight on 101 ESPN, make sure you tune in. Phillies look to seize a 3-1 lead over the Diamondbacks in the NLCS. Name Philadelphia's all-time leader in at-bats. Hmm. Brian, without the options, you said Mike Schmidt. Oh, no. Anthony, with the options, you said good old Jimmy Rollins. Answer is. Anthony. It's Jimmy Rollins. Oh, Jimmy Rollins. I thought you were going to do the whole, you can. Go with your head. 8,628 <laughs> at bats. Wow. All right, so here's where it sits. Anthony's up 2-1. to one. Final question. The 2023 MLB regular season saw a total of four no-hitters. Who tossed the first one back on June 28th against the Oakland Athletics? Brian, you said Garrett Cole. Anthony, you said Domingo Herman. Answer is. It's Domingo Herman. Brian. You have chosen poorly. You lose. Not today. <laughs> he got you, Brian. Uh, Tough still, one yeah. today, brother. Still can't get past him. <laughs> <laughs> I, respect, I respect you, though, Brian. You, you came right back at me, man. I love that. Hey, hey guys, I do have some breaking sports news. Uh, my daughter, Lacey, was uh, selected athlete of the month for West St. Francis County. No kidding. That's awesome, Congratulations, man. man. That's fantastic. Yeah. Proud, That's proud awesome. dad moment. Oh, yeah. yeah no be. doubt, man. Uh, no yeah. doubt. Congratulations to, to her. We, we can hear the proud we can hear the proud papa coming out in your voice right now. Congrats. Right on. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you it, Brian. Have a Take great care. Weekend, Thanks Brian. for listening. Uh, that's awesome. There you go, Anthony. You just beat up on a nice guy. Come on. The They're all you? nice. What's wrong with you? I want to see who, who's got the Phillies hit, li- hit leader. Who is the Phillies it's leader? Jimmy Rollins. Oh, hit, not yeah, hit. Yeah. It's got to be Mike well, Schmidt. Jimmy Rollins did have that long. What? Uh, it was, it was Rollins. Yeah. He, he had a, uh, a hit streak going on for a while. <laughs> I saw it. I knew where you were going. Uh, it's always going like that. <laughs> it's always going <laughs> it's like that. It's always going like that. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's the hit, he's the all-time hit leader yeah. for the Phillies. Well, you wouldn't let me finish my sentence well, before uh, I start making faces. Don't worry, faces. Marshy. Marsh, you Marsh, you, thank you. You know you've got to be quick with your – if no, you're going to say something like that, it's got to just keep – got to keep rolling. Sometimes it's calculated. Yeah, you got to just, just need a laugh here. Keep there. going. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Jamie. All right, it's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN. Jamie said he wanted to get into the special teams from last night. It's just not yeah. the Blues special teams. Oh, the Jaguars special teams the was Jaguars, terrible exactly. That's. Oh, hey, by the way, I, mm. I just heard from neighbor Dave. I just flipped over my phone. He goes, front page of Sports Illustrated, catcher. 
for Bryce Harper. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. I mean, even I knew that. That's your favorite player, Anthony. It yeah. is. It totally is. No, I didn't. You didn't. <laughs> Don't no. worry. Yeah. I, I was going down with shortstop that was, no matter what there. That was a long yeah, time but, ago. Yeah, uh, but neighbor Dave, I can't look him in the eyes now. That's a, that's a shame. Well, because you still have his lawnmower, too. <sighs> Blue special teams next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Chopping for it, Blues can't get it back. They're hemmed in. Coyotes on the man advantage. Michelli into the slot, shoots and scores. Nick Bukestad with a power play goal for the third consecutive game to open the season. The Blues allow the first goal of the game. It's 1-0 Arizona. Bukestad from the high slot. And a power play goal. Glove side on Hofer. 5-18 to go in the period. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber on the call last night. That was nice that Nick Nick allowed his dad to play. And he scored a goal. I think that's – I always think that's fun, you know. Nick Nick Butte, he has dad out there. He scored the goal. That's oh, fantastic. That's bad. That's what? Bad. Nick Butte's dad? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We have hit rock bottom here. No. (laughs) Man, I thought my Spencer Rattler one uh, fell flat. Yeah. No, No, it was was solid. That was award-winning next to what we just witnessed. Mm. I mean, come on. You got to admit, it sounds sounds like Nick Butte's dad. Yeah, or Bugue's dad, his actual last Mm. name. You know, Jamie, if you just heard it like I did, you'd think that was funny. It's okay. Jamie, what's not okay yeah. <laughs> is the special teams for the Blues thus far. Yeah, rough one. Rough one for sure. Uh, rough season so far for the power play. Can't, um, can't polish that up at all right now. No. Uh, you know, they're just they're having trouble entering the zone. They're having trouble possessing the puck in the offensive zone. They're having a ton of trouble just generating offense from it, specifically the power play one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those guys should be generating a lot more offense than uh, power play too right now. But the, last night, Craig Berube noticing that, well, one, either that the first power play unit wasn't executing properly, which they weren't, mm-hmm. uh, or he just wanted to see the second power play unit give them an opportunity. And they did a good job. Like, if, if they have power plays like that, on a consistent basis, you'll, you'll generate scoring chance. You'll score some goals. They had five shots on net. They did a great job of getting pucks to the net. They did a really good job of retrieving loose pucks, uh, outworking the Coyotes' penalty kill, which the power play, the first power play, has not done yet. It's just, um, it's almost like they have opportunities, but then they want to create a better one. Mm-hmm. And when you're not putting pucks in the net, like, just take what's given to you. I feel like this has been kind of a reoccurring theme. When, whenever the, the Blues power play unit has been down, yeah, I feel like that is often the, the thing that needs to be corrected. Am I wrong in that thinking? Like, it, it just it almost becomes too complicated. Yeah. yeah and I, I realized, Jamie, and I thought you brought up a, a great point. This, this really stuck with me with the power play. You, you had talked about how you don't always have to just immediately start firing shots on the net as soon as you, as soon as you get, get on a power play. Because whether you score one second in to the power play or one second to go in the power play, it all counts the same. Yep. But when you were talking about wearing a, 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 a penalty-killing unit down throughout the course of a power play, just constant, they're out in the ice, they're out in the ice, and they're getting their legs are getting heavy, and then firing one through – 
perfect. But it's almost this push and pull with the Blues sometimes where they don't take their opportunities because maybe they're trying to wear down an opponent, and then before you know it, they got one shot on a power play. Yeah, it's it's not. It is that with the, with the first power play unit right now, they're always looking for the better highlight, mm-hmm. and you know the bigger, better goal, where you have an opportunity where guys are getting the puck in the danger areas, in in the inner slot area, but then they're passing out of the slot to find the guy who's back door for the one timer. Like you don't have to do that. Like if instinctually it happens from time to time, it's fine. That's why they're out there. They're gifted hockey players. They're you're creatively gifted. They're physically gifted. They're able to make those plays. But you're also allowed to just take what's given to you sometimes too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the first power play unit has missed. And then when it comes to outworking the opposition or just retrieving loose pucks, it just hasn't been there for that first unit. So you now the Blues power play still has lots of work to do. Um, they haven't scored a goal yet this season, and the penalty kill <clears throat> had been very good for the Blues until last night. And what we saw last night, if you watch the game or if you're listening right now and you go back and watch the highlights, <clears throat> is a very um, savvy Coyotes team. They recognized that the top forward in the defensive zone was pressuring the puck up high. So the Coyotes would pass it to their defenseman who was all, all the way up at the blue line, and as soon as that pressure would come out towards the defenseman, he would move it to the half wall, and the half wall would go right through the seam to the mm-hmm. other guy. Mm-hmm. They did it I don't even know how many times, and the Blues never adjusted. So in that situation there, Oscar Sundquist either has to be more patient and not charge out there and stay in the shot lane so that the defenseman really his option. And that is the best option, by the way, because the defenseman at that point can't look and stare you in the eyes, basically. You're in the shot lane and then still shoot it. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a stupid play. Mm-hmm. And if he gets it blocked, Sonny has the opportunity to go on offense at that point. Yeah. So there was no need to charge out and take away time and space. My theory on it is you sit back, and what that does is it puts that one player up high on an island. He's useless. So therefore, it's four on four down low below the tops of the circles. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. Oscar Sundquist and other players, Jake Neighbors, too, they kept charging out, taking away time and space, which I understand the concept and the thought process behind it. But once the puck starts moving down to the half wall and then straight through the diamond because you don't have anybody there, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. And it ended up hitting the back of the net. That Bukestad mm-hmm. goal is a one-timer. It was board-to-board one-timer. Zucker had one, mm-hmm. too. Nice sauce pass. I don't know what you can do about that one. but Well, you could have somebody in the area. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the problem is they were spread out. So if you are going to continue to pressure up high like that, your weak side forward now, he has to fold into the middle of the ice. So if you picture a diamond is your penalty kill. Yeah. As soon as that one guy goes up to extend the diamond, at that point you have to shrink in and, up, and then you make a triangle on the one half of the ice. So what happens there is you're taking away a slot pass for them, so if they want to use the bumper, it's really not available. And if they're trying to go board to board, they've got to get through a couple of bodies now. Which is tough. Which is tough. And it's tough to get it through clean. It's tough to you know execute that to perfection. It's like a ping pong. It's like uh, uh, whatchamacallit. What's the game? Pong? No. the Pinball? Pinball, thank there you. you. Oh, I didn't know where you were headed. Ah, my brain shut off. It sure did. Yeah. Um, right when I needed it. Yeah. But so that's, you know, that was problematic last night. And I guarantee that Craig Berube, he spoke about watching video today. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that they went over the, the penalty kill. Because at times they were aggressive when they just didn't need to be. And there were guys that were switching off when they didn't have to. Yeah. And so 
that's got to be corrected because I can promise you this, that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be watching that, and they have some serious power play guys too, and they're going to look to try and drag that guy out there and repeat the process against the Blues, so they better have a solution no, for it. No doubt. For that final power play goal, that Jersey goal that rang off the pipe, there's a guy standing right in the line of sight of Joel well, Hofer. Did you see that, though? I Well, I did. We, there's two defensemen standing right next yeah. to him. How, as a defenseman, what is the best course of action when you want to take that guy out and make sure that your goalie has a line of sight but also not give up that backdoor post? Yeah, so on that play there, I think you just, honestly, you just pitchfork the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put your stick between his legs and you just drive him right out of the front of the net, mm-hmm. especially if you have two guys there. You just get aggressive, just jam the stick, not in a dirty way, but you jam it so you've got good body position, and then you just drive them out of there, just like an offensive lineman would drive mm-hmm. back a defensive lineman when trying to create a run Lane, or an yep. opening for a running play. And does that winger needs to then slide down to take that, that, that well, back on that play, play? On that play there, the jersey where he came off the wall and walked right to the middle and yeah. scored, two guys went to the same guy. Right. You know, they, it, the two Blues forwards end up going to the same guy in the half wall, which let him just walk right down Broadway and have that opportunity. And mm-hmm. on that play, Kasperi Kapanen, he stayed wide. Mm-hmm. He didn't recognize, not soon enough, that the middle of the ice was wide open. So really on that play, Kasperi Kapanen should have been cutting right to the middle of the ice to take away the shot lane. And then you don't have to worry about the guy in front too much because the defenseman will fan out then to take care of the guy who's on mm-hmm. the back door. So you get one D on the back door, one D on the guy in front. But now at least you have a guy that's in the shot lane in Kapanen. It didn't. Two guys went to the wrong guy. Then Kapanen didn't adjust on that play. It ends up with Joel Hofer not being able to see the puck at all, and it goes in. I feel like that's what happened when Jake, Jacob or uh, Verona ended up scoring. Mm-hmm. Same, same yep. thing. Walks off the wall, gets the puck. I thought he did a great job with uh, extending his stick to mm-hmm. kind of you know, uh, open up that shooting lane. Yep. And I uh, thought that was a great goal. It wasn't on the power play, though, but he, I thought he looked great on the power play. He had a much better game. You know, Jacob Veron had been pretty quiet for the first couple of games. Last night, he had a much better game. He, he became relevant last night, mm-hmm. certainly with the goal. Then he had an assist. He had a, a beautiful pass uh, to Sammy Blay on that goal. So it's nice to see him get going a little bit, too, because obviously the offense needs a little help here. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. You heard the promo coming in. We are live at the uh, River City Casino and Hotel inside the hotel right across from the event center. And there is a very important event going on tonight. Uh, It should be a fun one, in fact, where Jamie is going to be hosting. We've got former Blues players Cam Jansen and Reed Lowe and Tony Twist coming here as well. Live auction. It's all for the St. Louis Blues Warrior Hockey Gala. And joining us right now from the St. Louis Blues Warrior Hockey is Josh Perschbacher. And Josh, thank you so much for joining us. In fact, we saw you a couple of weeks ago down at Scott Air Force Base. And, um, you know, Josh, what, what you guys do helping disabled veterans have an opportunity to still play hockey, I find to be uh, remarkable and heartwarming and just, quite frankly, just a kick-ass foundation. Why is tonight so important? Uh, 
It's important because we've been doing this since 2020. Uh, it started off as a, a small organization with about 20 skaters uh, there in the summer of 2020. feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, and <laughs> uh, we couldn't really get together and do some of those events like we wanted to. So almost three years in the making, you know, we're, we're finally able to get together and start doing that. And uh, the organization started, like I said, with 20 people. And in less than a year, we had over 100 skaters. Uh, we are at almost 150 now with five teams, uh, different skill levels. Uh, so it's it's really grown, I mean, exponentially in that time. Things that nobody could have ever expected uh, when we got started way back when. Uh, changing, we couldn't go in the locker rooms because of uh, the COVID lockdown. So we were getting changed on the side of the ice, on the benches and uh, out there on the plager rink. And then uh, they invited us all out to get our sweaters. Uh, we did have... Uh, 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 Bernie Federko, uh, Colton Pareko was out there, uh, Bobby Plager, you know, they were all out there that day. Uh, Tom Stillman, it was a great day to have everybody uh, welcoming us into the, the family, and they really have. They've treated us like family the entire time, getting us out there on the ice. It's been great. Yeah, so I was just going to touch on that. I mean, how, how important and how, how amazing is it to have that relationship that you guys have with the big club, the St. Louis Blues? It's really invaluable because we've seen some of the other organizations, and there are probably in the ballpark of 50 uh, warrior hockey organizations across the country. Uh, not all of them have affiliations with NHL franchises. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when it comes to coaching, uh, Rob Ramage was our first coach. Uh, and he would still be here if he wasn't VP of player <laughs> development for the Canadians and on the road, you know, seeing prospects and, and doing that. Uh, but we've got uh, Coach Harv, uh, Don Harvey, spent some time in the USHL. Uh, he's out there. Uh, Losey's been out there with us. You know, we've had a lot of guys coming out there and supporting. Uh, we've had uh, Coach Shearer from, uh, I think he's with CarShield, you know, doing some stuff. So it's, it's great to have that, uh, you know, connection that other people are just a beer league team. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't have the, the resources, you know, being able to be out there at Centene Community Ice Center. Uh, and I mean, no disrespect to Wentzville, but I was out there skating for the first, I, I never skated before, 37 years old, and picked up hockey for the first time. No kidding. You know, it was like, you know, sure, why not? You know, <laughs> <laughs> seems sounds like, easy. Seems like something we should do. Yeah. Uh, and, and so for the first, you know, three months, we're out there skating every day, and it's the times we're out there, and we're at Centene on yeah. the Blues Ice. And then all of a sudden, I go out there to play a pickup game in Wentzville and was like, oh, this is how the rest of people play <laughs> hockey. The, the, I, the ice uh, at, at McKendry and, and Kirkwood and Brentwood everywhere is not up to the same as what Blues practice ice is. I mean, that's, sure. just, a, that's just a fact. But um, to, to go out there and be like, oh, I didn't know what these other barns kind of were because mm -hmm. I, I didn't grow up playing hockey. I didn't do youth hockey. I didn't do all that. Uh, so we, we kind of saw the difference going on that, the USA rink and the yeah. NHL rink, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, the, the benches uh, you, you know, have a lot bigger drop at some of <laughs> right. these places. You know, it's a little different you know, coming yeah. over the side at the, uh, the other, other barns. So it, it kind of reminds me of uh, baseball, right? Like when, the, when, when you're playing college ball and the fields are manicured perfectly, and then you go to like, you know, you drop down a level. Is that a divot at third base? <laughs> I'm going to back up a little bit. Yeah. What? So for some of our listeners who don't quite get it or, or they're trying to figure out, you know, what you guys are as a hockey club, like walk us through it because it's not a men's league team. It's not a beer league team. Right. Like you guys have, they have pr like set practice days, coaching. times, coaching, tournaments. Like this is the real deal. Yeah, it, it started uh, several years ago. They, the Warrior Hockey is through USA Hockey. And so uh, there's a, a subset of that with disabled hockey. So you've got uh, sled, 
uh, blind hockey, special hockey, and then they develop the warrior hockey. So anybody who has a honorable discharge and a disability rating, and that can be 10% uh, disability, and that might be somebody who has tinnitus uh, from uh, hearing jets or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, artillery rounds and things like that, uh, to people who have lost limbs. You know, it, it kind of goes the full spectrum of what a disability is. Uh, and then we go out and play uh, these other teams, like you said, they had the Warrior Classic, was in Denver uh, two weeks ago. Uh, had some, uh, some teams uh, uh, represented out there. Took five. Uh, Charlie took championship, third in a row uh, that they nice. won. Uh, so that's three tournaments in a row that they've, they've brought home uh, the crown. Uh, but, yeah, the, we have probably five tournaments a year that we go and travel for. Uh, we've got ice at Centene, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturday mornings at 6.30. <laughs> so going out there doing that, we've got Mike, uh -huh. former NHL uh, and uh, uh, local guy, uh, Mike McKenna, as our goalie coach. Nice. Uh, so you can do a lot worse than you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, no Mike's great. Yeah, Mike's played great. in the league. And, you know, we've got guys that never played goalie before, but they played catcher. Okay. Yeah. And have made the transition, and you know, we, we joke with Helvy about it. We're like, if you're going to try to go, don't go glove side. He's very, very good <laughs> on yeah. glove side. He can all, catch. All, yeah. all, always, always go high blocker because that's that's where he hasn't, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, uh, honed his craft, so to speak. But uh, but he'll get you with the leather on the other side for sure. No kidding. So let's the last thing here before we let you go. It, Let's talk about the gala tonight. Yeah. You know, what exactly is the gala? Like, obviously, I understand I'm a part of it tonight, but for some of our listeners who are just tuning in, you know, this is your first ever gala for, for the club. You know, maybe explain how it came together and what people can expect tonight. Yeah, so we, we started planning this uh, several years ago. You know, we were looking at wanting to do something like this, and uh, we finally got, you know, things together, and so we're going to have it this year, uh, picked out the date. Uh, had to find a time when the Blues, you know, were on an off night. Mm -hmm. Helped out a lot, you know. That's how you get uh, you know, Rivers to be out here and, and help out when he's <laughs> in the middle of the homestand or not on the road, you know, going, <laughs> you know, staying in hotels. So, uh, lucked out there. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have uh, dinner, uh, cocktail hour. Uh, we're going to do the uh, Talking Tough. And so, we're going to have uh, Cam, uh, Losey, and Twister come out and talk about some of their fights that they had. Uh, kind of critique some of the other fights that are, you know, pretty well known in the, around the league. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then break down the uh, the awards. And so we're going to have 15 different awards we're going to give out to uh, various people on the team, uh, recognize them for what they've done. And then uh, then we'll have an auction at the end, and we've got a uh, silent auction on the one side, and then we're going to have probably about 10 to 12 items that uh, that if you've never seen Reed Lowe do an auction, uh, I mean, the yeah. real deal. You yeah, know, third, yeah, third generation great, auctioneer. And uh, I did want to say to, to Jamie here, uh, as a thank you, oh, uh, wow. there's a... a store pick uh, <laughs> bottle nice. of, of bourbon and I'll let you I don't know what all we can say on here with no, brands. No, I'll say it. It's Buffalo Trace. This is my yeah, my go-to. Jamie's jam. This is my go-to. Well, I really appreciate you know, that. You know as, how to as, speak as, Jamie Rivers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the first time we met that was kind of the, the thing was we were playing at the fantasy camp and, uh, and started talking whiskeys and uh, that was you know that's usually how all conversations with Jamie start. <laughs> yeah. you know, what, what whiskey do you like or what bourbon do you like? Yeah. Well, Josh, uh, we're really looking forward to tonight's gala. It's a, it, it goes to just a tremendous cause, and thank you for everything that you do. Uh, and I know that you are a defenseman, right? That's right. So you model your game after Jamie? Absolutely not. Okay. Right, <laughs> I've, I've, right. I've been on the ice with him before. He's a good yeah. player, man. I, I took I took number seventy five, and uh, and at the time, me and Revo were the only ones to ever wear seventy five in the note. Yeah. And now we got Tyler Tucker, a defenseman, yeah. rocking seventy five. There you so, go, buddy. You know, Perfect. pretty pretty happy to to see him coming up and. 
you know, playing well. No doubt. Well, I have a blast with these guys every time I'm with them, whether it's on the ice, whether it's at the rink, whether it's at some of these events. I can't wait for tonight. Um, you know, thanks for all you do with this. And, you, you know, you guys keeping it all connected the way you do is awesome, man. So I hope tonight's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. And if anybody wants to follow us, uh, look at social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you know, all of those. Uh, give us a shout. Give us a follow. Uh, we've got uh, PrepCast, the local. Uh, Tim Miller does, uh, like, high school games. They broadcast our games. We've got oh, equipment. Awesome. We do all of that. So when we're on the road, uh, people back home can watch and families can see people playing. So um, anybody wants to, you know, follow us on there, they can, they can do that for sure. Excellent. Awesome. Josh, Josh Perschbacher. Josh Perschbacher from the St. Louis Warrior Hockey. And uh, tonight's going to be a great great event. Uh, the gala is tonight hosted by our very own Jamie Rivers. Josh, thank, thanks again. Thank you for having me, guys. we got more Blues Hockey coming up next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. We are live at River City Casino and Hotel. Across from the event center where tonight you got the St. Louis Blues Warrior Hockey Gala hosted by our very own Jamie Rivers. A lot of the frustrations in the early going thus far, Jamie, for the Blues have been about the offense, the 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 lack of scoring overall. Uh, you call me all the time asking me for my hockey knowledge, and it's never it's never a bother. I'm more than willing to share some hockey stuff uh, with you, Jamie. Anytime, I appreciate you doing that. It's, it's great because I know you're a busy guy, and you got three kids, and they're yeah. young. And no, 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 no. So whenever no. you can carve out some time for me to go over things and diagram them, it's always appreciated. Yeah, it's no problem, Jamie. So the thing that I'm seeing, and I, I just want you to kind of react to what oh, I'm sure. going to say. Okay. What I'm seeing thus far is uh, if you don't have the puck, it's kind of hard to score. The possession time, especially last night, not great. Wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean that's a deep thought. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have the puck mm. if you're gonna score the puck. Yeah, I mean those are worth live by. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. The, the Blues are not possessing the puck enough. Um, it was choppy last night watching it, calling the game. You can feel it, it, that's one thing too that I've learned as far as being on the games now is you can tell when there's good pace and good flow to the game because you look up, you look up, and the clock is 10 minutes into the game, and it feels like nothing. Yeah, you're right. You know, and last night, I even looking up, it's like we're two and a half minutes in. It's like, it's like the fifth face-off here. Yeah. Like, it's just, you could tell it had no flow. Yeah. And, you know, part of that was, part of the issue with that was the fact the Blues just weren't supporting the puck good enough. They weren't connected. You'll hear that a lot from Craig Berube, so I'll use the same words and explain what it means. All it means is making sure that you're available for a pass from your teammate or you're in a good spot to retrieve a puck from your teammate. If you're disconnected, means you're so far away you can't help, you're not an option, and that player with the puck has no options except to be taken, uh, have the puck taken by the opposition. So that's disconnected. Connected is where the player with the puck always has options. Mm. And, and they weren't there last night. And when they did chip the puck down the wall, there was no 50-50 battle. The Coyotes were gaining possession of the puck, and they were turning it up the ice. There were a couple of moments in the game where they had some sustained pressure, but that's not good that I can remember that. Yeah. Hmm. It should have been where you're like, okay, there were a couple of moments where we didn't have really good puck possession, not the reverse to where you only remember a couple of times where you did have that extended period of time with the puck. 
They've got to work on it. They've got to work on it for the top line. I'd say they're just a little too cutesy right now. Uh, they've got to get down to you know, basics, basically. They're so fast and they're so talented that they don't, it doesn't always have to be a Picasso. Mm -hmm. Like Jordan Cairo can chip it off the wall himself, skate around the defenseman and go get the puck. He's that fast. Yeah. You know, Robert Thomas is able to make a great 10-foot pass tape to tape to Brandon Saad, who's skating at full speed and doesn't have to tap the brakes or go behind him or look for it in his skates. So those are things that are going to help your team overall. I think the Blues defensemen have done a real good job of trying to keep offense going. So one of the biggest complaints that forwards will have sometimes is the defensemen don't hold the blue line long enough. And the reason they get mad is they do all this work to get into the offensive zone, and when the puck comes around to the blue line, if the defenseman just backs out, it's like, well, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. Now i got to go all the way back over and start. Well, the Blues defensemen have done a good job of holding the blue line where they can when, when it's possible. Sure. Uh, Justin Falk, I, thought, I think he's been on his toes all mm -hmm. season. I think Colton Pareko has been really good for the Blues. He's been on his toes. Tori Krug is, you know, looking to create some offense too. So uh, overall... This group just has to focus on making simpler plays where they can keep team speed going north towards the opposition's net. Would you like to see the offense drive wide a little bit more? We saw that from the Coyotes last night. Logan Cooley did it. He ended up drawing a penalty against Marco Scandella. I don't think we've seen enough of that from this Blues team. When it's available, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it all day long. But the problem is, is you're not generating enough speed mm -hmm. in your transition game. So what's happening is the opposition's defensemen are able to stand you up at the blue line. So as much as you'd like to go wide, there's no wide available. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're skating you into bad ice quickly, which is just angling you out along the boards. And then what do you do? You try to chip it forward, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's your last resort, if you're not thinking that, hey, we're going to advance the puck by chipping it up the wall here, you don't have that slash support. You don't have that guy coming through the middle of the ice mm -hmm. knowing that, hey, their defensemen are standing us up here, so when my teammate gets to the blue line, he's going to chip it past the defenseman. Right. I'm going to be behind him already on my horse, retrieve that puck. Now we get some offensive zone time. We're not getting that because it's choppy in the neutral zone or the passes are behind and the skates or they're wobbly. And so then the defensemen for the other teams are able to stand up quickly at the blue line with nowhere to go. And I would say that they've spent so much time in their defensive zone. By the time they do get the puck and they're ready to rush up ice and they do chip it in, guys are already leaving the ice to go change because they've been out there for so long. And that creates disconnected, right? Because you get one guy out there who maybe has fresh legs and he's got the puck skating up the neutral zone. Mm -hmm. He looks around and he's all by himself because yeah. everybody else is going to change. Yeah, We saw that a few times. I remember a specific moment when... Uh, Kevin Hayes had the puck, and like you said, he was pretty pretty heavy on the puck last night, which is another thing that Craig Berube talks about, being heavy on the puck. I feel like we didn't see a lot of that last night, a lot of reaching. That is one thing I picked up on. Yeah, yeah. the Coyotes elevated a part of the physicality last night, too, where I think there should have been a pushback from the Blues. I agree. I thought that maybe Tyler Tucker would, would, would do something. I was hoping that there would be a fight of some, of some kind, maybe just some type of scrap to just – just get the momentum back in that game. I was really hoping we'd see that. We had that Liam O'Brien kind of running around all night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when it's a close game or whatnot, sometimes you pick your spots. But I just felt like as the game went on, like, he was just like the bully in, in the schoolyard. And I'm like, this guy, like, he's tough, but like, you can't let that happen. Yeah. Like, home, somebody's got to respond. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of pushback physically out mm -hmm. there. And, and I didn't think. I didn't think it was there enough last night, 
Now, hopefully in the future moving forward, it, and it shouldn't always be the same guys either because we always mm -hmm. talk, oh, it's the Braden Shan or the Tyler Tucker. You know, It sucks that it falls onto their plate, but I will say this, in Tyler Tucker's case, you want it to fall on your plate. Right. This is what differentiates you from anybody else on that blue line right now. This is why you're in the lineup because Chief wants that pushback. He wants that sandpaper. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not all on him, and I'm not singling him out, but in the future when there's situations like this, you need to identify it and mm. respond and give the coaches what they believe you to be, which is that tough personality back on the blue line. It, maybe even like a, a Jake Neighbors. He was kind of pushed around a little bit last night. Uh, he got cross-checked at one point, led to a power play. Maybe that's a guy that ends up stepping up. We've seen him fight before. He's been, yeah. in, he's been in those scrums. Yeah, and I don't know if I throw him in the category, because like, he kind of got into it with the O'Brien guy as well. Yeah. but. You know, you don't want to see him do something. You don't necessarily want to see a young guy step way outside of his weight class. Yeah. You know, but again, I've said this so many times to so many players over so many years. It doesn't always have to be the response against set the, that player. Right. And Mark Stone made that clear. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And you can go and, you know, kind of muck it up with somebody who's a little more talented mm -hmm. trying to send a message too. So I thought there could have been some pushback. The Blues will host the Penguins tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, puck will drop against the Penguins. Penguins right now 2-2 two and two on the year. The Blues, uh, you know, they need, they need a huge bounce back following last night's loss to the Coyotes. This is the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. we got What's Trending next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it is time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, we have not talked about this yet, but I wanted to bring it up today. It's been uh, news for a few days now, but uh, the NFL not only allowing, but encouraging active players to participate in flag football at the 2028 <laughs> Los Angeles Olympics. I mean, the... the no country stands a chance. Okay. Well, <sighs> I wouldn't think so. Hang on. Hang on. You, we don't know that to be true. Okay. There's probably some really, the, from now till then, there might be some players that, you know, you know some you, countries you are going to work, are going to start working on this. It's going to become like funded nationally by some, like, yeah. So obviously the dream team demolished people way back when. Yeah. You know, so, but we'll see how this works. My biggest thing is not even the competition. Because I think, truly, when you look at it on the surface, it's probably Canada is the biggest competition. Mm -hmm. Unless, I would say Australia, well, too, uh, with rugby. But if but they got to learn the rules, That's right? That's true. Yeah, I mean, that physicality gets thrown out the window. Yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. Flag, so. Yeah, so I think Canada would be the biggest yeah. you know, uh, competition, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. How do you let this happen if you're the NFL? Because these guys are going to empty the tank. All it takes is one strong cut, and poof, there goes an ACL. Mm. There goes Achilles. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Those contracts, like, can you imagine, like, Micah Parsons is the one. I sent you that one thing. Mm -hmm. He's talking about putting together a super team. <laughs> 
Okay. It's awesome. But oh, yeah, it's awesome. It'd be fun. But but if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? You're, no. play, you're playing for your country. I don't care. How much are they Whoa, paying? Oh, Jamie, if it, when it comes to hockey and Olympic hockey, you're yeah. playing for your country, right? I know. But this seems way worse. I don't know why. I think it would be hypocritical, though, for the NFL to go over to Europe and play all these games yeah, to expand and the NFL and then not participate in the Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know, but I'm just thinking of the – and this is uh, this also is a huge problem. When the NHL goes to the Olympics, those guys have to get insurance. Like the IIHF has to provide insurance to cover some of the contracts. Like It's a big deal. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I just don't know. Like your star player is I, going – to play flag football. I see what's going on here. Do you? Do you see what's going on here? A little bit. Can you Look, enlighten do me? Do I want Canada to win? There yes. it is. There it okay. is. There, there it is. is. Thank I you. I was about to say, where is Jamie from? Yeah, there it is. Hey, bleeds blue and all that crap. Where is he from? Mm. He's from He's from our America. friends up north. He's from America's hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, no, I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, no, if you're, you're an right. owner of a team right now and you've got uh, – 130 million guaranteed to a player. Yeah, Do you want rough. him going and playing flag football? Nonetheless, uh, one, I hope they consider me as a as a coach. coach now that they've yeah, they've they've seen some of my uh, my offenses and were in action the last two two weeks at uh, over at Limburg. Two, can you imagine Tyree Kill? No. in flag football. No, you just put Joe Burrow and Tyree Kill. <laughs> Just some guy who's an ultimate passer, and you just drop him in with Tyreek Hill and just say, hey, by the way, just go. Yeah, Tyreek on one side, like Jamar Chase on the other, maybe yeah. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Looked like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, uh, are you kidding yeah, me? mutant. Imagine some guy from Sweden trying to defend him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Think about that. You got some of the best players hey, in the world that can't get these guys. Your assignment is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. The guy's like five foot eight. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Okay, this should be fun. <laughs> Have you seen the dimensions though of the of the field? They're like, shorter, it right? It looks weird. They're it, shorter, yeah. And the field is is skinnier, correct? Yeah, it's yeah. super small, and plus, obviously, it's not eleven on eleven. It's I think it's what seven on seven. Yeah. So it is a little different, but I mean, still, you're playing against the NFL players. Just throw one out to Tyreek. Let him do. Let him well, do it. Imagine even guys like let's say Bijan Robinson playing. Oh man! And you like how are you supposed to grab the damn flag? You can't even get a hand on this guy to tackle him. <laughs> right? Who the hell's going to grab the flag? No kidding. I mean, yeah. oh jeez. I don't know, man. I, I want to see it. I mean, I'm here for it. I'll watch yeah, it for are. sure. Oh, it'll be great. I just want to see some of these other countries, like what they do. Do you though? Yeah, just I just want to see how they. What country do you think would be the funniest to watch? Hmm. Mm. I mean, like, there's a ton you can think of. How do I put this? Um, which country is, like, primarily white? <laughs> like snow and ice? No, like Caucasian. Yeah, I think it's better if you say <laughs> snow and ice, for that matter. Um, like a bunch of white dudes. Like England? <laughs> I want to see England. Scotland? <laughs> That's a Scotland. Don't you go grabbing my flag there, buddy. I can't imagine there's a lot of speed on, on, team, on yeah. team England. I could I, be wrong. I'm thinking of countries that are like like even Russia. Well, Russia's going to put together that's the problem. their own team. They're going like, to go just create people in a lab. In a lab. <laughs> It'd be like 14 guys that are yes. locked in a basement somewhere doing oh, yeah. nothing but flag football training. Th exactly, yeah. Ivan Dragos just walking through the door. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Doty, you get me, right? You get where I'm going with this. <laughs> I, I tried to help you. No, no, I don't need help. No, I know. Sticking with football. Uh, We're slow. <laughs> don't put me in that category. I'm, I'm a, slow. I'm a Native American. <laughs> Leave me out of this. Western Kentucky, Christian McCaffrey on the team. He's the running oh, back. Oh, my Lord. I want, they could put together so many different teams. USA put together two teams in the center. Oh, yeah. Three and just take all the medals. They'd play each other. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On, uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, Hilltoppers. Yes. Sorry. Oh, like, I was like, what? I'm like, who are they playing? Marshy, yeah, the Hilltoppers. My bad. So yep, that was on my. I believe this is these, the this upcoming week. They have they're going to debut special helmets that are designed for each position group, and it has the big red mascot on it, mm -hmm. and each logo is essentially like a depiction of that position so the quarterback will have this little big red guy he looks like grimace yeah i was about to say doesn't he, doesn't he look like a red grimace he does look like red grimace hmm. but anyway it's his relatives creative it could, it could be his hey it could be his brother <laughs> <laughs> anyways they grimace is banned now hey, uh, Tom, you know why anthony why google it okay but can you imagine like the, the the meeting for Western Kentucky, and and this guy is like, uh, I got I got a drawing here. It's like, Tom, is that grimace? He's First my all, favorite. If you yeah. drew that, I'd wonder what it was. <laughs> ahead, it's grimace like a, has a very specific look to he, him. He certainly I mean, he does. looks just like grimace, <laughs> yeah. but he's red. Yeah. Anyways, he's, he's big red. He's big red, <laughs> and each of these little big reds all have different things going on so you have of course the wide receivers are catching a football my favorite is the uh defensive like the corners and the safeties it's just big red going like like this oh, oh like, safe like hey i just held on to pass. the wide receiver and got pass. away with yeah. a uh got yep. away with a flag and the ball was overthrown by 20 yards but i'm gonna incomplete, hey, incomplete hey, baby <laughs> quick question for you guys and i've i've wondered this before but i've never really said it out loud um oh boy. why uh why in football do they have the numbers on the front and on the back? Like, wouldn't it be a lot more sick if these teams could put the logo? Like, you think of St. Louis Blues jersey. Yeah. Got the logo on the front, the numbers on the side, the numbers on the back. Like, the Patriots, how sick would that be to have the big Patriot on the front of the yeah. jersey? And, like, why does football not yeah, – why have they never tiptoed into that? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I was going to say because of the broadcast, but the, obviously that's not it. Hockey, hockey you, yeah. have, you have just the back, so – and broadcasters have done quite well. They with do that. very well. Honestly, so. for broadcasting purposes, the numbers, in my opinion, are not as important as the names on the back. When I don't know if obviously NHL teams have the names on the back, but like if you're doing like a high school football game, yeah. Yeah. And there are the no names, names on the back. Yeah, you're like, tough. oh my goodness. Yeah. And in college, they, there's double numbers. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah, definitely. But why not, why not put a logo on the front of these things? Like, I feel like it's a massive like marketing hockey. miss. Like, the Thursday night sure. football games, right? They always have a, a unique uniform. Yeah. Why not, like, next year the NFL should have something like design your thing. The numbers have to be either on the sleeve and on the back. Right. But you can put a sick logo on the front of your jersey. Jamie, I am shocked nobody in the NFL has thought about this just from a profitability well standpoint. i was gonna say imagine the money you jersey could yeah another jersey that gets printed up that, and every year you could change that jersey so you have a constant sure. stream of revenue and you could put almost like an alternate logo 
Yeah, that's the whole point. Did you ever see some of those old? Why? <laughs> Imagine the Browns putting a, a helmet on their <laughs> yeah, front big of their old helmet. Jersey. Well, they could do the elf, the brown elf. Yeah, they could. Is he brown or is he? No, the, this, orange, the Browns elf. Yeah. Is what I meant to he say. He is orange. Isn't that weird, though? The Browns. <laughs> the Browns. The Browns are elf. orange. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. It makes no sense. I, nothing about it makes Listen, sense. Listen, we got into this a couple weeks ago. Remember, I was like, why are they called the Browns? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. But whatever. And wear orange helmets. Mm -hmm. With no logo. With no logo. But why is it, you know, like if you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or all that, you always, you, you notice some of the, the like, hey, logo design. Like I saw one with the Patriots today if you're flipping oh, through Oh, yeah, it. they got the, uh, here's yep. the look. And that, whoever it is that does these. I know what you're talking about. It's always better. It's always Absolutely. like significantly better. The one that I saw with the Patriots today, the, the graphic designer put the, you know, like, I don't know what the, what the, maybe you would know the like Gillette the, tow the yeah. Gillette tower mm -hmm. the, put it in the middle of the the of the Patriot the, the Patriot logo yeah. snap of the ball and then the uh I think I think I think she had the state in, in on like his face it looked yeah. awesome why do they come up why why is Instagram coming up with better logo designs I don't know some of these NFL it's, teams so anyway that was my biggest question why do you not have at least one jersey that has a logo it's on a good it? question Jamie we're gonna dive into this at some point all right somebody should all right our NFL week seven pick them challenge we got our picks for you we're already down one nothing because of my stupid rear end taking the Saints last night uh, but we got our picks for you biggest uh, our our upset biggest blowout Game that's given us all sorts of issues. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN time for the NFL Pick'em, where we tell you who we're on in the NFL Pick'em Challenge. Fortunately, I was on the Saints last <sighs> night. I can't believe you did that, really. I mean, why would you even do that? Nah, who, I was being aggressive. Whoever, who even endorsed that? Uh, nobody. I, I was. I, I went uh, rogue. Oh. I went rogue on that. <laughs> Jamie and, may um, have pointed you in that direction. <laughs> no, he I didn't. said, "Don't no. do it." Who Mark, she was so mad at us. Who brought it up? <laughs> he was. He was. You, you go. What Marsh do you think? I go. I literally turned around. I was like, "Do what you want." I turned around <laughs> in the thing and I said, "Guys, follow me on this." And I did. I said, "Talk, talk me out of this." I go. Everybody and their brothers on the Jaguars. Every other brother and their brothers on the Jaguars. This is when you go Saints. <laughs> and Jamie looks at me. Goes. Do it. <laughs> and Marsh goes, wait, 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 wait. Just hold on. This is a layup. The Jaguars are going to win. I go, I know, Marsh, but this is where you take the Saints. And he was so disgusted. Still, he just turned around. And, disgusted with us. He's turned around in his chair, and he's like, do what you want. And I did, and we lost. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. Oh. All right, your, uh, your blowout special this week, the team that's going to win by two-plus touchdowns. Oh. All right, blowout special for me this week. Marsh, who's yours? My computer's frozen. Oh, man, good question. Good question, Anthony. Um, All right, I'll go first. Yeah. I, I got the Seahawks. I got the Seahawks over the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. I, I saw a team last week in the Cardinals, so I, I, I've been kind of watching them a little bit more, and it's like, okay, this Cardinals team, they've been – They've been competing hard and all that, and then they opened up. The Rams opened up poorly against them, and then after a while, it's like, oh, that's right. The Cardinals don't have much talent, and that's how it's going to be this week. I think the Seahawks coming off that lousy performance last week against 
uh, Cincinnati, this is going to be a drubbing. Mm. This is a game where Seattle kind of takes out its aggression. So I got the Seahawks over the All right. Cardinals. Oh, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, oh, whoa. hey, Marshy. hey, oh. Marshy's throwing things Marshy's around here. Marshy's throwing just making me upset. So this one hurts me and my heart. But I've got the Bills over the Patriots. That's probably a good one. <laughs> it pains me to say that, Anthony. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a bloodbath. That team's not good. Nope. This may be surprising. Mm. I think the Lions are going to throttle, wow. throttle the Ravens. I like okay. where your head's at. Bad weather. Bad weather affecting some of these games, including that one. 20 mile per hour winds. So I think uh, the Bills are going to blow out the Patriots. <laughs> Did I talk you out of that? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Bad weather in that one, too. 14 mile per hour. So I think the Washington <laughs> Commanders are going to blow out no, the Giants. Stick with your, stick with your original take. Yeah, there. no. I, uh, I, you know, I, I don't really like how the Ravens have been playing lately. Um, I know they won last week, mm -hmm. but... They're You're very suspect. Impressed. I'm not. I'm not sold on them yet. Right. I'm not sold on them yet. The Lions have done. I mean, virtually nothing to to make me feel concerned. I mean, I guess maybe the Seahawks lost, but I mean they've been rolling lately. So this will, in in my opinion, since the Chiefs game, this will be their biggest test. Oh, I completely agree with that, especially when you look at some of their opponents. All right. Your upset special this weekend. The only qualification, Ugh. the only one, is that the team that you pick has got to be an underdog. That's What's it. the line on the Bucks falcons The Bucks are laying two and a half. And you're not going to take the Falcons. You know who you could take is the Lions. They're plus three. What? What? Oh, well, then that's a no-brainer. There he is. <laughs> Hear me roar, baby. Lions Dan over Campbell. Ravens for... Jamie. Yeah. What's the line in that Dolphins-Eagles game? The yeah, Dolphins a... are catching two and a half points, so they are a two and a half point underdog. Really? <clears throat> That's a good one too, Marshall. I think I'm going to go with that one. I have them beating the Eagles. Another team that really hasn't impressed me as of late. Um, will they have a bounce back game after losing against the Jets? We shall see. They are dealing with injuries on their offensive line. Mm -hmm. um, so, we'll see how it goes. I also... I also want to see how this Miami team does in a hostile environment such as Philadelphia. And those Philly fans. What makes fans, you think Philly will be hostile? <laughs> well, they've been I mean, real nice to their yeah, players. You know, they've uh, they got Sometimes. a track record, and that's not just in football. Uh, that includes all sports. Uh. I want to see how they do. I think this will be a good test for them. But I have the Dolphins beating the Eagles this week on Sunday Night Football. Uh, mine is what I would call the principal play. The commanders shouldn't be favored against anybody. Not even the Giants. So I'm going to take the Giants mm. over the Commanders. Uh, Remember what happened last time you thought the Giants would win? Yeah, that was a good was one. Was that the Seahawks game? Yeah, yeah that, was that worked out well. That was Daniel Jones. Though. This is Tyron No, that Taylor. was the offensive line. Yeah. He had none. No. The this Giants is, thought they were playing flag football. Saquon's back. Tyrod Taylor's. The Giants are going to beat the Commanders on Sunday. That's my upset play. Okay. Game that's giving you nightmares. Well, the, the Dolphins-Eagles. I sat there for I don't even know how long. 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, Dolphins, Eagles, Eagles, Dolphins. Finkel, like, I the Eagles have not played as good as they can, mm -hmm. but will they against the Dolphins? And the Dolphins have been blowing the doors off everybody, but will they do that in Philly? Against, right. Like, back, I can convince myself either way yeah. in this game. I have the Dolphins in this game, but, like, between now and 
11.59 on Sunday. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who really knows? Who really knows? Marsh, mine is the Raiders and Bears. That's a good one. You got the bat. It's the toilet bowl. Oh, it's terrible. It's the back. It's the backup quarterback oh. bowl. Who is uh, it? Bajant? Bajant? Nobody knows. Player name? No. Where did he go? I, I take pride in knowing where at least where all the quarterbacks went. I, I, I have no idea where he played. So he, I don't believe he even played D1 football. Yeah, I'm probably going with the Raiders. I don't even know if he played football in college. I uh, think he. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Community school. I honestly, Which is I fine, think he just played not... like D2 what? or D3. All right, well, the, the Raiders and Bears, I'm on the Raiders, I think, right now, but I, I, I could talk myself into the Bears depending on. No, you couldn't. I'd probably go with the Raiders. You could not talk yourself into the Bears. If you don't know who the hell the quarterback is, there's no way Anthony Stalter's talking himself <laughs> into the Bears. <laughs> He's a D2 undrafted first-time starter. Where'd he go? Anthony, come on now. I'm we curious. Can do, we can only do one question at a time. My bad. I'll get that answer for you. Okay. What's your What's your play? I'll, I'll look it up, Marsh. What's your uh, What's your play? It's the Steelers and the Rams. I have no idea who's going to win that football game. Uh, Doty thinks it's going to be the Rams. Um, you know, I'm very torn because I picked the Steelers. Uh-huh. In my fantasy football league as my defense because of T.J. Watt and what that defense can do. Doty and I were talking before the show. I think that's going to be a low-scoring game, and it needs to be if the Steelers are going to win that game because their offense is awful. Terrible. In, in what ways? <laughs> scoring. Anthony, if I had – First down. If I, had, if I could yes. trademark Third a Saints. Downs. All of it. I know Be Patient is already taken, but yeah. for Steeler fans, I put it on a yellow T-shirt. It would say third and eight. Yeah. <laughs> Third and eight. Well played. You know how to. You know how to. Uh, you know how you be a. Uh, uh, you turn into a great third down team. You know how you do that. Uh, you convert on first and second down. You're a better first and second down team. That's exactly Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yeah, and the Steelers are terrible in that. Uh, Shepherd, by the way, Shepherd is the college. Shepherd. Yeah, the Tyson. Oh, Shep. Where is that at? Nobody knows. What's uh, Shepherd doesn't know. What are they? Is. The Shepherd. Shepherd. Shepherds. Pies. The Shepherd Herd. Yeah, the Shepherd Pies. <laughs> Shepherd Pies. <laughs> I have no idea. What do you think that logo looks like? Oh, Imagine putting that I got logo some on ideas. On the... <laughs> Don't, why would you ask Jamie that? Why would you ask Jamie? Shepherd University. I could be a graphic designer. Public Very liberal graphic. arts college offering a wide spectrum of academic programs to students in West Virginia. That's not a real college. There's no way. <laughs> It's it's Bishop Sycamore. How did how is he in the NFL? It's Bishop Sycamore. They're the Rams, by the way. Oh, of course they are. The Shepherd Rams. How is he in the NFL? And I'm not saying that as a mean thing. I'm he's, just. What if he's really good? What if he comes out and just shoves? That's I what I'm he saying. Does. He's gonna come what out if he's firing. Kurt, Kurt Warner. He could be. He could be. <laughs> yep. I kind of I'm intrigued now. You're you're leaning. No, no, I'm not. All right. So what? Rams Steelers. Rams Steelers. Okay. Come on. All right, we'll fly, we'll fly through our picks here if we haven't given some of these out. Um, <clears throat> so Bears, Raiders, I'm on the Raiders for now. Yeah, same. I'm Marsh. on the Raiders, yeah. One of the plays I love is the Browns. Yeah. I love the Browns over the Colts. Gardner, yeah, absolutely. Gardner Minshew did not play well last week, and this Cleveland defense is nasty. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be a long day for Gardner, so I'm going to take, take the Browns. Yep. Bills, Patriots, Bills. Yep. I'll say Bills. 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 Uh, I got the Giants upsetting the Commanders. <laughs> Commanders for me. I got the Commanders. 
Falcons box. This is a layup. I got the box. Yeah, shaky Absolute bakey layup. all day, every day. Wow, that, that, I have the Falcons. You do? Yeah. Change it. Yeah. Change Martin, it? Change remember it. we told you we were going to help you? Change it. Do you remember that? Des, I don't think Desmond Ritter has won a road game yet. That is fair. He's actually pretty good in Atlanta. He, yeah, he, I he think was he's undefeated until last week. Until I, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was, well, where, he was. But where is this game? This is in, in Tampa. Tampa. Exactly. And the, and the, I don't care who the Falcons have at quarterback. They they rarely win in Tampa. So I got the Bucks there. Lions, Ravens. Hear me roar, baby. Lions. So I brought up the weather. Twenty mile per hour winds. If if the Lions can't run the ball, I think mm. they're in trouble. I actually have the Ravens in this one. Mm. The, I, I got the Ravens in an upset that's not an upset because they're favored. It's one of those deals. It's interesting. Steelers, Rams. I got the Rams. I'm on the Rams, too. I have the Rams as well. I don't want to sit there and watch this. Doty asked me this earlier in the week, and I said, you know, I kind of lean Steelers, but the Steelers can't move the ball. No. And, and their secondary is not good. So I think the Rams yeah. can, can really take advantage of Pittsburgh's weakness. Uh, Seahawks, I'll have the Seahawks over the Cardinals. Yes. Yep. Okay, another toilet bowl game. Packers, Broncos. I got the Packers just to the Broncos. I just can't. I can't back I the Broncos. I got the Packers yeah. too. There's talk, there's rumor of uh, Russell Wilson being benched. Oh wow! But he's got great numbers. We were talking about that on uh, one of the morning shows today on ESPN. Really? Yeah. I'm sick of seeing those memes or those graphics where it's like. Here's Russell Wilson. He's terrible. Here's Patrick Mahomes. He's great. Same stats. Okay. What does Patrick Mahomes do for his offense and his team, and what does Russell Wilson do for his? Mm. Hell yeah. One wins games. One wins games for the other team. He's hot garbage. I got the Packers in this one. I got the Chiefs over the Chargers. Yep. Yep. I got the Eagles over the Dolphins. No. No. I've got the Dolphins in this one. I think we're putting the cart before the horse. I still got... I still got the Eagles being better. How and about I've, this Monday night football game, fellas? I've, I've got the Niners over the Vikings. Damn I it. don't. I am monitoring. I think this all those injuries for the 49ers, games in Minnesota, I've got the Niners. <laughs> I wanted to see Marcy. I thought this was going to be one of those those his upset special i got the vikings and you look and he took the 49ers who me yeah oh hey, hey. boy that's your upset special yeah sometimes i, I change my mind yeah he? <laughs> do you even want it. to know who i'm going with yeah, yeah if you say the vikings you might get well fired. maybe he's hold on maybe he's got a hunch no he doesn't well the last time the 49ers were in minnesota yeah kirk cousins first game Talk i believe as a viking Vikings won that game. Okay. I'm going with the 49ers. There it is. There it is. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. So Marsh got on the board in our build your sleeper team. Jamie won the first week. I won the second week. Marsh won the third week. Jamie. Last week was quite a performance last week. Jamie didn't. Jamie forgot we were doing this last week. I saw him. He had the paper out this time. He's prepared this time. Kind of. Ish. (laughs) So we'll we'll, uh, build our sleeper teams next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're going to build our sleeper teams for this upcoming NFL week. So we, we all pick a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. Marsh tallies up the fantasy points when it's all said and done and assigns a winner. As I said before, 
I won, uh, Jamie won the first week, I won the second week, and Marsh just got on the board with a win in the third week. So, Marsh, who is your quarterback? Well, week? I am, I know you expressed last segment that you didn't love the Packers and Broncos game. Mm -hmm. I think everyone would agree with that. But I think Jordan Love has, oh. a, has a good week. Did I just take your player? You did. You jerk. Ah. That's okay. I'm going Jordan Love. Sorry, Jamie. Some things hurt. That didn't hurt. It's fine. You need a second. Well, yeah, Jamie. now I do. I've got a pivot. You think I have five guys written down, Anthony? You know <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Um, I know. I always feel bad for Jamie in this this spot, but he'll yeah. he'll win this mm. week. No, I won't. I've got Geno Smith again. I took him last week, and you know, if he's not a he's not a sleeper anymore. He is ranked 23rd in quarterbacks okay, for fantasy been football. Terrible in fantasy. <sighs> he's got the Cardinals though. Arizona, they love to hemorrhage points and uh, yardage. I think this could be a big week for Seattle. I mentioned before they're my blowout special over the Cardinals, and I think Geno. Gets at least gets at least two touchdowns if he's not vultured by his own running back and Kenneth Walker. But I've got Geno Smith, second straight week. Hopefully, Arizona's uh, defense is a lot worse in the in the uh, red zone than Cincinnati was last week. Jamie, did we give you enough time? Where is my guy Shaky Bakey? He would be a sleeper. Okay, I'm yeah. going back with Shaky Bakey. Okay, I think he's got he won you the one week. Didn't he, he? Uh, no, Joe Burrow. I think no, it no, was, it was week one. Yeah. yeah, it was week one. I was looking at. Uh, I was going to contemplate uh, Gardner Minshew, but then I realized that the Browns have a yeah. pretty uh, ferocious defense there. Yeah. And then I thought about uh, Desmond Ritter, mm -hmm. and then I sobered up quickly. <laughs> mm. Well, you do have that Buffalo Trace right there. I do. Unopened, though. Unopened. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jamie, so Marsh doesn't <clears throat> steal your guy. What? Who is your running back? Uh, my running back, A.J. Dillon. And so my thought process when I, I had Jordan Love mm -hmm. and A.J. Dillon because I think the Broncos are hot garbage. Yeah. And yeah, I you're right. I figured that those guys would be able to put some points on the board. So I've got uh, A.J. Dillon as my running back. I like that. I have Kareem Hunt. Mm. He saw Ooh. some big-time action last week against San Francisco. He's a little banged up right now, but hopefully he'll play. He's still, he's still sharing carries and all that with Jerome Ford. But I think that given the weather – Actually, that one's in the Dome. This is just a, a great matchup against the Colts. So I think the, the Browns will continue to run the ball, especially with Deshaun Watson's health status still up in the air. So I got Kareem Hunt. I'm going to go with Jalen Warren. The past two weeks, he has, Ooh, I like that. He has picked up 11.5 points and 10.9. I think he has a nice floor. Uh, so I'm going to go with, with Jalen Warren against the Rams. By the way, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel both missed practice today. Oh, I so love that. Love that for me. Mm. Uh, Marsh, your wide receiver. Yeah, DK Metcalf is questionable right now for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Hmm, the rookie. Okay. That's my pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Palmer of the Chargers. Really? The last, yeah, the last couple Against of weeks. Against that Chiefs defense? Yes. For the last couple of weeks, Palmer has double-digit fantasy points, 10, 10.7, and 14.6. I looked back throughout his history, too. He's got three touchdowns in his last three games against the Chiefs. So just one oh, of those it's automatic weird. then, Anthony, right? No, it's not automatic. I mean, it's you easy know, money just, for you. Hey, Jamie, I'm just, I'm just throwing out some nuggets for this you. This guy. Jeez. 
Who's yours? All right. So based on the fact that the Falcons are playing the Buccaneers and they're going to be down by a touchdown or two. Easy. Maybe three. Either way. Easy. They're going to, as much as I don't like Desmond Ritter as a quarterback, they're going to have to air it out. And so my wide receiver is Drake London. Nice. Okay. A couple of, I think he's had like 10 to 12 targets per game the last couple of weeks. Yeah. If we get a couple of those, I mean, a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Some good yak. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Why, I mean, why run the ball when you've got B. John Robinson? Uh, why run the ball when you've got Desmond Ritter? Well, when you're behind by scores, Anthony, what happens if you run the ball, you're actually cannibalizing the clock on yourself. I love your pick. What I'm saying is this is a shot. This is a shot at Arthur Smith. He looks lost, by he, the way. He looks complete. Jamie, you're absolutely. You're <laughs> every abs- time they- I don't know if it's the mustache or what, but he looks lo- absolutely lost out there. Every you're time right. they pan to the sidelines, it He's looks like, like it, it's like he was blindfolded. Yeah. And they ripped the blindfold off and said, here's the <laughs> here's play. The- <laughs> And he's like, yeah. He's trying to get his, yeah. He's trying to get, like, uh, accumulate. Like, where am I? Where, where, are, where we? are we? Where are we? <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, it's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. One segment left from River City Casino and Hotel uh, ahead of tonight's Blues Gala. We're right, right across from the event center here. So um, if you're walking around, you want to say hello, great. If you want to videotape us, you can do that, too. Let's do our fader follower and what you miss next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade, I'll fade. Money, 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 money. That's right. Time for fade or follow. Our guy Dan is back. Dan did not win $50 of FanDuel's money last week, but he also didn't lose. It was a push because we had Washington minus three in Washington, won by exactly a field goal. It was last second field goal. And uh, Dan, first first and foremost, welcome back. Thanks for uh, playing again with us. And second of all, a push must have felt like a win with the way that Washington started to fall behind last week. Yeah, it was a back-and-forth game. I thought, you know, they got up early, and then they, well, Oregon came back late, and I, I was kind of nervous there at the end. Yeah, I, I was too. I was nervous for you. Uh, this week, hopefully hopefully it will not be a nervous situation. We're going to take Mizzou. Mizzou is playing South Carolina. We had talked about the matchup earlier today. South Carolina defensively, they just they give off. They get torched in the secondary. The number seven and a half. So we, we there's no, there's not going to be a push. You're either going to win or lose this week. But with with the way Mizzou is throwing the ball around the yard right now, with the way that South Carolina uh, cannot protect Spencer Radler, we think it's going to be a blowout tomorrow in Columbia, where our very own Andrew Marsh will be in attendance. Ooh. So would you like to fade us or follow us? Mizzou minus seven and a half. Ooh, uh, Mizzou, I think Mizzou has it in them. I'm going to follow you guys this week. Okay. All right. You're following us Now again. I'm nervous. No, don't be. I am. I don't yeah. know why. That's okay. We, we got this. All right. We I got, got this. this. Marsh is going to be there rooting them on, cheering them on to victory. So. If if they do not win, or, or if they, actually, you know, if they don't cover, because, listen, good teams win, great teams cover. That's true. If they don't cover, you just pin it on Marsh. Okay, mm-hmm. Dan? That's right. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, that's a good, good idea. Hey, have a great weekend. Good luck. All right, thanks, guys. Have Thank a good you. weekend. 
All right, that's uh, Dan and Fader Follow. If you miss anything from today's broadcast, we had a lot of fun at uh, River City Casino <laughs> and Hotel for ahead of the St. Louis Blues Warrior Hockey Gala event that Jamie is getting ready to host tonight. People are coming in, and uh, they're all dressed up and ready to have a great time. If you miss anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app brought to you by Dobbs D Tire and Auto Centers. Thank you to Dodi Rallman for getting us hooked up and uh, providing the engineer service out here at River City Casino and Hotel. Thank you to Bradford Bruns back in the studio doing a fantastic job keeping us on the air, and uh, we certainly appreciate each and every one of you listening. I hope everybody has a great weekend and a fun event if you are coming down here to River City Casino. But first... Oh. Marsh, do we have any criticisms or compliments? Yeah, from the 636, we were just talking about Mizzou, me being there on, uh, I guess, well, that's tomorrow. Uh, from the 636, Marsh, if they lose, blame Jackson, he'll be there too. Oh, that's a good it's call. It's a way better idea. Yeah, it's a way yeah. better yeah. idea. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not advocating for that. This is from the text line. Sure. But if it happens, text line is gospel. I think it's fair. Yeah. If anything, I think it's fair. Yeah. So, uh, Keith Kachuk was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. Big Walt, we had him on the show today. From the 573, that yellow TPS response needs to be inducted oh, with yeah. him. Some solid stories, I'm sure. Yeah, and he had the worst curve ever in the history of hockey. <laughs> really? Oh, uh, yeah, like such a toe hook on his stick. It was just <laughs> awful. I don't even know how he played using that thing. <laughs> Last one here from Thanks Dad. What's the game? Pinball? My brain went dead there. We just <laughs> wasted the good brain. On the Butte's dad joke. <laughs> yeah. If you missed that one, boy, oh, boy, don't bother going back. <laughs> oh, I thought the joke was uh, I thought the joke was solid. No. I didn't appreciate my mind shutting off on, on the word pinball, though. Well, we didn't know what happened there. It's like the hamster it fell out of the wheel and froze. Yeah. Fell out of the wheel, laid on the ground for yeah. a while. It's like one of those fainting goats. Totally. Mm. That's kind of what it was. Like, you got yeah. scared and you just... Exactly. All right, that'll do it do uh, for us here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN for Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Everybody have a great weekend. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.